Good evening. Happy September, and welcome to Vandergut Vipers Football. My name is Merle Bertrand, coming to you live from Monroe Memorial Stadium on the campus of Vandergut High School in Austin, Texas. Joined once again by Hank Hudson, along with Brock Bollinger, engineer and sideline reporter. Holding Hudson tonight on Sass, Cole Dixon running the board back at the studio, and i got the video streaming on Vite with my better half, Christina Weber Bertrand, helping me keep that dialed in. And Hank, after an eye-opening win over a good Dripping Springs team last week, the Vipers getting ready for a showdown tonight at home against their original rival, the resurgent Cedar Park Temple well, this is ground zero tonight, Merle, for one of the best rivalries in Central Texas. You throw all the superlatives out because there's not enough. I mean, right. this is this is the Hatfields versus the McCoys, the Montagues and the Capulets. It's a War of the Roses. Uh, two schools separated by about six and a half miles, uh, right up 620 there. Uh, these players all know each other, play Pop Warner football together. The, the communities are you know, intertwined. It's going to be a big a big night for uh, for the, the Cedar uh, the the Cedar Park Timberwolves. They're resurgent. Yep. And they've got this game marked on the calendar. They lost 45-0 to zero last year against this Vipers team, so you know they want a little bit of revenge. They do indeed. And Brock, your first uh, outlook, or first, uh, first time checking out Cedar Park and Vandegar. Quick thoughts here. Yeah, at least our neutral surf list this year, or this week, after being at Dripping Springs last week, your alma mater. Yeah, that was a tough one. Not going <laughs> that, was, that was tough. Uh, great stadium. Uh, not so much with the parking. That right. was a little rough. Um, no, but it's a beautiful stadium, honestly. Well, though, we're going to do it a little bit different tonight. We've got a packed and emotional pregame tonight as the Vipers are honoring former Viper Grayland Spring and his family with a special ceremony in a few minutes. Cole, I haven't even had a chance to go over this with you, but uh, we're going to hear from Vipers head coach Drew Sanders as he talks about last week's big win over Dripping Springs and sets the table for tonight's matchup with Cedar Park. And uh, then, Cole, right after the interview, come back to us instead of going to break because I want to make sure that we get that, uh, that ceremony in its entirety. So this is Vanderbilt Piper's head coach, Drew Sanders, right now here on the pregame show. Hello, please be joined once again in the pregame show with the head coach of the Vanderbilt Piper's coach, Drew Sanders. And, uh, coach, it's not terribly surprising that the Vipers got the, the win, the impressive season opening win Friday night at Dripping Springs. I think what may have caught people's attention a little bit was how it happened. A really dominating 27-7 win. Your thoughts on a big win? Yeah, I mean, that was surprising to me, too. You know, I didn't think it would be 27 nothing at half. You know, mm-hmm. I obviously knew we were a good team, but they're a very good team. But things just kind of started rolling for us, had the pick six, you know. And um, so I'm very pleased. But on the flip side, there's tons of things to clean up in the second half, just way too many penalties. Um, hopefully that's just kind of, you can count that as a lot of new starters, first game jitters, first game mistakes, uh, but still did a lot of great things. And to go on the road, too, I can't emphasize that enough. Go on the road and find a way to do that was good. Yeah, that, that place got real quiet about three plays into the game. Yeah, I mean, that they probably had maybe 5,000 people on their side. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's what that would look like to me. And there wasn't an empty seat in the place, and it was nice to quiet them down. Well, uh, we saw the explosiveness of the offense. We talked about that, the Adams-to-Adams connection, um, and then the, a lot, lot of running plays. I was really uh, struck by Brendan Fournier, the straight-ahead running that, that he showed, and Brock Shilton, the sophomore, really emerging just kind of out of nowhere from, from a fan's perspective anyway. Uh, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, Fournier did really well. He was uh, straight-ahead, did a good job. Um, he's a big back. He was 6'1", mm-hmm. 195 pounds, and so that's that's great because that wears on you as the game right. goes on. Um, and then, yeah, pleased with the Adams brothers. They both did great things. And then it was great to see uh, Brock show up. He did not look like a sophomore, mm-hmm. you know, but he was our best player last year on our freshman team. And, uh, of course, I've been knowing Brock since he was in seventh grade, right. sixth grade. And, and um, I know he's a playmaker and he's got speed. And it was just great to see him put that, 
you know, because it's hard. It's hard yeah. to go out and do that on the Friday Night Lights right. and all those people, and he sure didn't look like a sophomore. Well, the defense, very impressive. Uh, you talked about the pick six, Diego Delavar Vasquez, the linebacker who thinks he's a kicker. Um, one long touchdown run on the reverse, and that was it. Other than that, I think it's like 119 yards of, of offense. Talk about the dominating performance that they had right out of the gate. Were you surprised by that at all? Yeah, I'm a little surprised, honestly. I mean, I, I definitely expected us to be good on defense, sure. but they're a good offense, and they ran for a bunch of yards last year. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I did tell you before the season started that, you know, you kind of we talked about things I felt good about. I do like my linebackers and my deep front, and I thought that they kind of showed out. I mm-hmm. thought they looked strong and and um, definitely have a lot of things to improve. But that is a good O-line, three returning starters um, and a great back. Right. And so it was really great to, to see us kind of shut them down. I think we had six three-and-outs. Anytime you have six, you have five or six three-and-outs, it's just mm-hmm. it really is just um, depressing to an offense. You go over there and you really can't get much going. Right. And to think about a trick play was their only score, I can live with that. We definitely made tons of mistakes on that play. Um, and then we got to be better at tackling. But I had a lot of new secondary guys that made tackles, were in the right spot. Um, Hollister um, thought I did a, g- a great job mm-hmm. um, at my boundary corner. It was real physical on that one screen. They had quads over there, and he, he <laughs> destroyed three people's lives and, and found a way to make a play. So I was impressed with him. But um, And Diego just played out of his mind. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Ben, a Viper Secretary, you sent us a guest here on the free game show. Next up, the Vipers' original rival, as you put it. I like that. I like that phrasing. Uh, a traditional 5A power. They've been down a little bit in the past, but they might be showing signs of reemerging with a nice one of their own against Cedar Ridge. Talk about this year's version of Cedar Park. Well, they're great at throwing the ball. You know, back in the day, you know, Cedar Park used to run the ball, mm-hmm. um, and now they're good at throwing the ball. They've got a quarterback back, four trusty receivers. And a very shifty back. Um, and so that'll be interesting to try to contain him. He's just a sophomore, so mm-hmm. I'm not sophomores. Uh, and then defensively, they look like they're um, starting to swarm again and, and do the things that they've done, big front, um, big linebackers. Right. And so um, they definitely they definitely are going to uh, be problematic for us. And, of course, now you throw in a rivalry game, and right. they're going to be hype. We better bring our own energy, too. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, Cedar Park totally dominated this rivalry when it first started for, for obvious reasons, but the, the, the script has really flipped the past couple of years, so you know they're going to be coming into this game with a big chip on their shoulder. The guys on both sides were toddlers when this rivalry started, so is this more of a rivalry game for the community? How much does that factor into that for the guys on the field? That's a great, that's a great question. I think that, um, you know, the rivalry is passed down, though, through other players. Sure. While there still is guys that maybe weren't around when it started, they definitely understand, like, the mm-hmm. importance of this game. Um, you know, we, we understand, like, it matters to both communities. We live right next to them. We need to earn that bragging right for a year. Um, and then, you know, the, for me, I've been in every single Cedar Park yeah. game. You know, I faced two, three, four different head coaches, I think, in this time. And so mm-hmm. that's been kind of cool to see all that transition. And I'm here and I'm still trying to work and right. find a way. And so um, there's definitely no love lost with me, for sure. I've <laughs> taken many a butt whooping by the Cedar Park Timberwolves. And, and so we definitely are trying to make sure I'm prepared and give my best effort. You know, you never know. Going into the game, whether you're going to win or lose, you hope you're going to win. But when you have the schedules we do where you play really good people all the time, mm-hmm. you know, anything can happen. But hopefully we'll show up and, and bring our energy on this side of the rivalry because this question started as a rivalry question. We Hopefully our guys view it as important. 
I just want them to bring energy and I want them to understand like something's at stake. We need to continue to get better right. because we have to win this game and we've got to show improvement. Then we need to win the next game. We have to show improvement, you know, because we all understand like the main thing is that seven-step ladder for our district championship that's coming up. Well, last question for you. You, you t- talked about the emotion of the rivalry game. On a more somber note, the Vipers are uh, then you're founding a fallen Viper tonight in Grayland Spring. Talk about that a little bit, what he meant to this team and the program and to the community at large. Man, how long do you have? You yeah. know, I mean, we we both could talk about Grayland mm-hmm. forever. You know, I'm really it's really cool that you got to know him too. You know, I mean, when I spoke at it, when I spoke at his service, I centered the speech around his character, even though he's an amazing athlete, three sport athlete, uh, is unbelievable, and to be a Division One football player. Uh, but I I centered it around his character, and I centered it around how literally everyone said that he was their best friend. Mm-hmm. And he got, last time I checked, you only have one best friend, you know, and, and that, that's how, how cool he was. He literally made you feel like you were his best buddy. Then he'd go around the corner, and he'd be like, hey, how's it going? And he would talk to you just like you were his best friend. That's what I'll always remember about him. That's what I am learned from him, and I try to take in that positive out. There wasn't a day that he, he came in in a bad mood uh, in the locker room. Uh, he'd show up with a bag of McDonald's and, and he'd brag about how many points he got uh, by buying all this different food and and uh, he was just a wonderful human being. He loved his he was serious about his faith and he shared that with anybody that would listen and he he's one of the he's one of the few young people that I know that weren't ashamed of that and and saw it as something that brought value to his life. So why wouldn't I tell you a little mm-hmm. bit about it? You know, it, it, and he was really an inspiring person and I would have said this. Um, before all of this terrible stuff happened. And um, so, you know, we miss him every day. We're going to honor him and his parents um, and his brothers on Friday night. I hope everybody gets to hear what I wrote. Just I wrote a small thing about him. Um, But, yeah, he's worthy of honoring. We've got a plaque of him in our locker room now. Um, And so all the guys, as they come in every day from practice, they can remember um, how great a guy he was. And uh, then we have some nice things that were given to the family. So we're just, um, we are excited to honor somebody that definitely deserves recognition. Well, it should be uh, an emotional night, a big game, a good atmosphere. Uh, good luck uh, Friday night against Cedar Park. Okay. Thanks, Merle. See you there. Trying to get by for St. Coach Drew Sanders, guest here on the pregame show. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vander Piper's Football on the Horn. All right, you heard from Coach Sanders there, and as I mentioned uh, a few moments ago, we're going to keep it here so we can make sure we get uh, the ceremony in, in its entirety. It might take a while, Hank uh, Hudson, as they're still the youngsters are still running through Victor Viper. An extra Vipers have a lot of reinforcements here tonight. Yes, indeed. Looks like the Pop Warner uh, programs got their Pop Warner night, so all the little Vipers running around out there—that's a big thrill for those youngsters and the cheerleaders. Vipers came out with. The American flag, as usual, uh, number five, Blaine Becker is carrying that out. And then they have a new flag that they're carrying out. It's a LLG. That's the new helmet sticker, Merle. It's uh, Live Like Gray. Yeah, so that's cool. That's uh, part of the memorial that they've made a permanent memorial in the locker room. And I think they're also honoring another former, uh, former Viper that uh, uh, tragically passed away. Um, Bryson. Bryson Brown. Bryson Brown, yep. Yeah, so uh, terrible tragedy for both those young men. It's, Heart goes out to the families, and but what a way to honor their memory. The LLG, you know, there's a lot on the stake, a lot to stake tonight, you know, football-wise. But that's just another, another push 
to get these Vipers fired up. I'm going to back out the camera here and get a shot of the portion of the crowd. Everybody wearing uh, the hashtag LLG t-shirts tonight, part of the blackout uh, that the, the Vipers have put into place here to honor uh, Grayland Spring and his family. And we'll wait for the pregame ceremony to start here in just a couple of minutes. We'll turn it over to the PA when it does. Both teams coming in here while we wait. 1-0. Cedar Park coming off a big win last week. As you mentioned, resurged it a little bit uh, with a 29-7 win over our district mate, uh, uh, the Cedar Ridge Raiders. And the Vipers, of course, coming in here 1-0 after a big win last night out in the Hill Country against Dripping Springs, 27-7. Well, the mood at Cedar Park is uh, this is the best team they've had in several years. Right. But we know uh, when you have a defense that has a name, uh, the Black Green defense, right. uh, you get that name for a reason. You know, they established themselves uh, winning, winning state championship and uh, Black Green defense. So what we can expect to see, Merle, is a lot of guys in the box, seven or eight guys in the box. That's the way they play. They're big up front. They put a lot of pressure on you. They come from everywhere. Uh, but that means man coverage on the outside. And right. We've got uh, some speedsters out there and uh, Miles Davis and the new addition and Eli Adams. So... Miles Davis, the jazz player. Yeah, Miles wide Davis, player. sorry. Miles wide receiver. I like that. He's sort of a, kind of, kind of reminds me of Miles Davis. But, uh, well, I keep what they call Deuce Adams, <laughs> Deuce Vaughn, so we're, we're even. Uh, uh, teams are gathering at the midfield for the pregame of the, the ceremonial coin toss. And you see uh, Deuce Adams there along with uh, Sebastian Cavetton, Eli Adams, and number 32 for the Vipers is Alec Bauman, the captains here tonight. Like the uniforms of Cedar Park, it looks like new unis for them, white jerseys and pants and more of an, an emerald green instead of the forest green that we've gotten used to. And you can read the numbers, which is a nice concept. Yes, well, we're not getting any younger up here. So no, we're not. Any help they can give us on spotting the jerseys. But yeah, that's a nice look, all white. I don't think I've ever seen them wear all white. I don't, I don't think I have. And it looks like Cedar Park will get the football first. The coin toss is done. Vipers in all black, by the way. Black jerseys and pants with the white numerals. Black helmet with the chrome striping on it. And uh, we are very close to starting our pregame ceremony here with the Spring family. Packed house as you would expect here at Monroe Memorial Stadium. Game time temperature about 97 or 98, so still awful warm, but certainly about 10 degrees cooler than it was last week out in Dripping Springs. Ready for some fall football weather (laughs) to settle into Central Texas. It's been a brutal summer. All the Vipers coaches making their way out there to right. join the Spring family. I'm going to turn it over to our PA.
All right, the crowd might come in through pretty well, but couldn't hear very well on the PA. So uh, we do have the script of what they said. We'll say it here at the first break in the action. We're going to sneak in a quick break here and be back in time for the opening kickoff. You're listening to Bandicoot Fibers Football on the Horn. Dot com. Welcome back to Monroe Memorial Stadium. Merle Bertrand here along with Hank Hudson. We're getting just a moment or two away uh, from the kickoff. Cedar Park, the visitors, of course, here tonight as the lights come on at the stadium. And Cedar Park, as I mentioned, in the road, white jerseys, white pants, sort of emerald green numerals, and looks like Notre Dame-ish kind of helmets, Hank, that sort of fluorescent green. Yeah, that's a different, Cedar Park. This different look. Different look. The Cedar Park Timberwolves. So you know this game's been circled for a while, a 45 and nothing loss against your original rival, as right. Coach Sanders calls it. Uh, that's that stings. So knowing coaches uh, like I do, they all use every motivational tactic known to man to try and get their players up for a game. And I'll be willing to bet that that 45 to zero loss sticks in the craw. Not too many teams shut out uh, Cedar Park. No, we've been on the other end of that one. 14th overall meeting between these two teams. They played every year since the program began, and along with Vista Ridge, are the Vipers' oldest rival. Vipers dominated last year's min- uh, matchup at Gupton, 45 to nothing. We'll see what happens this year. The kickoff from Colbert is going to sail about five yards deep in the end zone. And Cedar Park will take over first down 10. We'll pause 10 seconds of station identification. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers football on the horn. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, the Horn. The Horn. So the Vipers will start off on defense, giving up just uh, seven points. They gave up uh, last week 129 yards other than the 87-yard run by Kyle Cook. That was it. We're going to see a quick passing game from Cedar Park. Their senior quarterback, Aiden Narp. Vipers remember him from last year. He's a dual-threat quarterback for sure. A junior already his second year as a starter. Handoff left side and swallowed up immediately. Dropped for a loss. That was Deshaun Morgan, I believe, on the stop. Wrapping up there, starting running back uh, Trey Hill, just a sophomore for Cedar Park. Loss of two, second down and 12. Straight zone read look there. and Number 40, Deshaun Morgan played it beautifully, Merle. Well, this Viper defense might not have a name, but... Their play is pretty darn good. Swing pass out to the left side, complete, and up across the 20, maybe the 21-yard line. Gained a couple yards on the play. Going to set up a third down along here for the T-Wolves. Great job out there on the outside by number 13. You hear Coach Sanders mention him in the pregame remarks. That's Hollister Stevens. He's the force player, Merle. He's got to make sure that guy goes back to the inside because he's got help in there. So big third down here for the Viper defense. A chance to get off the field. Just underway. Cedar Park going from left to right from their own 27-yard line. They're in the shaded portion of the field. The field's pretty much all shade except for the very right end zone. And from about the 20-yard line back on the left side. Lights on here on a packed house at Monroe Memorial Stadium. Art dropping back. Pressure coming. Steps up. Got some running room. Now he's going to tuck it under. Now dumps it over here to the near side. In and out of the hands is intended target. That was Trey Hill. The cardinal sin of a wide receiver, in this case the running back, trying to run before he got the football tucked away. That's right, Marone. I think he heard the footsteps approaching that time. There were plenty of black jerseys in the vicinity. I'm not sure he had much place to go if he'd caught that. So the point unit on here for the Cedar Park Timberwolves. Senior Connor Schutte, their punter, averaging 34.8 yards per punt with 
One of his four kicks last week inside the 20-yard line. Piper defense looking good early. A three and out to start the game. Just what the doctor ordered. High, booming punt. Beautifully done. Miles Coleman just going to get away from it. It's going to roll down to about the 32-yard line. And that is where Deuce Adams and the Viper offense will come out on the field. 328 yards last week. Adams, 8 of 11 for 123 yards and a touchdown. And uh, led the team in rushing with 60 yards. No, not second in rushing with 60. Brendan Fournier, the junior, with 17 carries for 80 yards last week. That's a play on special teams by number 15, Riker Scodlin. He had to get out of the way of Merle that football as it was coming down. Continue to run, sprint off the field on the park sideline. Right. To avoid contact with the ball. So first down and 10 for Deuce Adams in the Viper offense. Golden goes in motion. They're going to swing it out right side to Coleman right away. Got him blocking on the edge across the 40. Tripped up at a 45-yard line, or he'd still be running. But that's good for about a 13-yard pickup and a Viper first down. Number 11 right there, Morrell Jordan Oliver, the senior rider. In that play as he seals the cornerback to the inside. So first down and 10 at the 46. Trips here now to the near side. And Adams going to keep it himself to the left side. This is the edge he brings to the game to the 50 to the 45 and sets out of bounds at the 45-yard line. A nine-yard pickup, bring up a second down and one. Vipers have had mobile quarterbacks before, Hank. I don't think they've had a mobile quarterback quite like this I one. I don't think so either. I heard uh, rumor going around that he he kept up or beat Miles uh, Coleman in a, in a foot race, which uh, that would, uh, like one out of four times. Right. That's impressive. That's impressive. Second and one, he can take a shot here. Just send away first quarter. See the park showing blitz. They come and it's picked up nicely. Hand up up the middle, and that's going to be good for a first down across the 40, 35. Still on the feet is Zade Oliver down to the 30-yard line. Needed one yard, picked up 12 harder yards. Zade Oliver picks up a first down for the Vipers. Michigan commit number 77, left tackle. Blake Frazier blocked like three guys on that play, Merle. <laughs> As he is wont to do. Vipers going quickly. Swing pass over to the right side. Complete to Coleman. Makes the first guy miss the 25 and the 20. He was hampered with an injury last week. Only caught the one pass, although we didn't think he was going to play. Looks to be a lot better here tonight. And Oliver again on that side. Merle, the key factor in that whole play is he does a great job blocking on the perimeter. Second down and one from the 20-yard line. Hand off Oliver again. He's hit at the line of scrimmage and flung backwards. It was in the spot. First one to get to him was Reed Vines, but it's going to be good for a first down anyway. Not much happening there, but good enough for a Viper first down on the 19. Methodical-looking drive so far, Merle. Love the all-black jerseys. I do, too. They probably don't mind them as much now that the fields are shaded. Yes, well... First down and 10 in the red zone for the first time tonight. Ball at the 19-yard line of the visiting Timberwolves. Adams in the shotgun, dropping back. Dumps it off underneath to Oliver and in and out of his hands. That pass a little low. That's a tough catch to make when you're moving and try to pick it up off the carpet like that. Indeed, but I think Zade wishes he had that one back. Yeah. That's a catch we make, kind of catch we make. Uh, we've seen him make before. Not easy, but sometimes these guys make the Difficult look. Routine. Yeah. Second down and 10 from the 19. Coleman split wide right to the near side. 
Adams dropping back. He's going to tuck it under. He's got some running room. Pump fake. Dumps it off underneath the pick of the 10 for the 5. And down to about the 2-yard line. This kind of shot put it that when He froze everybody thinking that he was going to run. At the last second, he popped it over to Zay Oliver. as a person goal. That was a little bit Mahomes-esque. Yes. If you will. Scrambling. Looked like he was going to be brought down for a loss or little to no gain. And that's what you do when you get a basket of lemons, Merle. You open a lemonade stand. That's exactly right. So first and goal from the three. Ball on the right hash, moving right to left. Triple back set. Adams up under center, and he's going to take the snap. Bay pattern left side of the end zone. That ball's caught. Touchdown. Adams to Adams, just like last week. They connect the brothers do on the first score of the night. And with 8.46 to go first quarter, Vipers up 6-0. That looks like something they've been doing in the backyard since they were about the third grade. Right. As uh, the, the, uh, Deuce threw that ball, Merle, before his brother was out of his break. That's threw exactly it, right. Threw it to a spot at the back quarter of the end zone. The ball was nearly three-quarters of the way there before Eli had even turned to look for it. Right in the old pickle barrel, touchdown Vipers. Noel Colbert, the snap is uh, bobbled. And Colbert had to double clutch, and he just kind of kicked it along the ground. So a miscue there. And with 8.46 to go, Vipers lead at 6 to nothing. We'll take a break and be right back. Good start for Vandegrift. You're listening to Vandegrift Vipers Football on the Horn. They picked the Vipers off. Took them three minutes and 14 seconds. Hank Hudson to get the first score. A little longer than last week, but still an impressive drive for Vandegrift. And for the second consecutive week, Merle, the first offensive possession results in a touchdown. That time they go nine plays and 67 yards. And a down pass from brother to brother. And that ball is dropped. It picked up at the 16-yard line and knocked down there at the 19. Vipers good special teams coverage down the field. And see the park will start their second drive of the night. First down and 10 at their own 19-yard line. All right, there. A couple of guys putting the special in special teams. That's number 56 for the Vipers, Noah Reitman, and also number 42, Adam Scott in on the stop. So first down and 10 at the 19-yard line for Cedar Park. It was a very professional and business-like drive for the Vipers for nine plays and a score. One receiver wide left, one of the near side. Harp, handoff, up the middle, bounced to the right side, and it's backed up out across the 20, maybe the 21-yard line for two yards on the carry. That is once again the sophomore Trey Hill, second down and eight. Number 90, Porter Udy. On the stop that time. He had a big game last week, a first-year starter. Also number eight, the ubiquitous Alex Foster. Always always near the football, that guy. Yep. Seems like it. Second and eight from the 21-yard line. One receiver wide left. Double tight and set here for the T-Wolves in the pistol. And a flag comes in. They're going to blow this. No, they're going to let him play out. I thought they were going to blow it dead, but uh, that tells me he may have, may have had a viper offside. Of course, Sanders doesn't look very happy on the sidelines as the flag dropped right at his feet. Yeah, he's creeping out onto the field. He wants some answers. They're going to step this one off for five yards against the Vipers. Not going to be happy about that. What we know from years past, Merle, is that on Monday morning, the offending Viper will have opportunity to address the team yep. to discuss the infraction. 
So the five-yard mark-off makes it second and three now for Cedar Park at their own 26-yard line. It's quite an awesome accountability mechanism there. It is, yeah. <laughs> and there's nowhere to hide. There's <laughs> film everywhere. There's film everywhere. Blake Shula is the wide receiver split wide to the left. On a second down and three. Hand off up the middle and pushing the pile forward to about the 27, maybe the 28-yard line. Going to set up a manageable third down. And now with Blackham's That's a late flying flag. in late, very late. Vibers are applauding. I think we may have some extracurricular activity after the play by big number 77, William Williams Davis. That ball yeah. unsportsmanlike on Cedar Park. So instead of third and two, that's going to make it third down and 17. Mm. That changes things. That changes things dramatically. Is that a dead ball foul? Are we going to give them the, dead, the down over? Nope. It's third down and seven. Third down and 14? Uh, like 16, I guess. Yeah. Third and a lot. Vipers can pin their ears back a little bit here. Ball spotted all the way back to the 13-yard line. Two receivers wide left, two to the near side. We've got Trey Hill to the right. Quarterback Arp in trouble. Rolling to his left, and he's going to fire it underneath. Complete to the 20 and drop to the 24-yard line. Nice job there by the Viper defense. As they got to their safety valve, nice job by Joshua Pesci coming back to help out. But the Vipers bend but don't break. It's going to be fourth down and about six to go, and they'll get the ball back. That's number 10, Diego Delavara, the defensive star last week with 15 tackles and a pick six. Yeah. I think he gets the early, uh, he's in the early lead for the rolling ball of Butcher Knives Award <laughs> after that performance last, last week. That uh, what, a sure ta- what a sure tackler. No yep. yards after catch there. Great job by number 10. Miles Coleman awaiting the punt back at his 40-yard line. Roll snap, picked off the carpet, and the kick angled to the sideline. They're going to kick it away from us. Probably a good idea. And it's going to bounce out of bounds at the 37-yard line. It was 6.20 to go in the opening quarter. That's where the Vipers will start their second drive. One drive thus far, and a touchdown to show for it. Vipers bringing pressure up the middle. We heard from Scott Schaffner that uh, that might be the game plans to go up, and we thought the protection was a little thin in the middle. We got close on that one. So first down and 10 Vipers at their own 36-yard line moving from right to left. 620 to go first quarter, up 6 nothing. Two receivers in a stick on the right. One receiver here to the near side. Deuce Adams in the shotgun. Coming to motion right to left to Skoglund. Settling in at the left tight end position. Dropping back to pass. Adams, great protection. Now fires got a receiver streaking behind the defense. Coleman caught it. Touchdown, Danica, just like that. Oh, my goodness. 64 yards. Wow. And that ball was 67 yards in the air, Hank. Lightning strike. That was a big-time, big-time throw. And what about that protection up front, Merle? Yes. He brought Skoglin over, so that means on either side of the ball that time, he had three get a guard tackle tight end blocking on each side. And Deuce had all day to throw that football. And like you said, he delivered a lightning bolt 65 yards in the air. Touchdown, Vipers. Paul Bear on for the extra point. Good exchange this time. Mr. Maker with the hole. The kick is up, and the kick is good. 6.09 to go, and the Vipers already up 13-0. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Vanderbilt Vipers Football on the Horn. 
CW Print Services delivers creative marketing solutions to showcase your brand, allowing your business to grow. With years of experience in print and marketing, CW Print Services uses the latest design and production techniques to bring your ideas to life. With CW Print Services' customizable templates, your employees can order their own business cards and more without you worrying about brand consistency. CW Print Services' goal is always to exceed their customers' expectations. Online at CWPrintInc.com. That's CWPrintInc.com. Dr. Martin Molina and his staff welcome you to Texas Family Physicians at River Place. Texas Family Physicians provides comprehensive family medical care for men, women, and children of all ages. They specialize in adult and pediatric preventative care, hypertension, diabetes, sports medicine, and seasonal allergies, just to name a few. They also offer impact-certified baseline and post-injury concussion testing and treatment in office. Visit Texas Family Physicians online at TexasFP.com. Texas Family Physicians at River Place. TexasFP.com. Could not have a much better start to this football game. 6-0-9 to go first quarter. 13-0 Vipers. Paul Bear. Line drive kick. And that one sails five yards deep in the end zone. And Cedar Park will take a knee and try to regroup here. First down 10 at the 25-yard line. Well, your scoring drive summary rule is very simple. <laughs> it's one play. It's 64 yards for a touchdown. And the first speeding ticket of the year for Miles Coleman. Right. He was five yards past the nearest defender there when the ball rocked. So. Yeah. And he actually had to slow up to wait for that pass just a little bit, but only because the ball traveled about 70 yeah. yards in the air. Poor thing. Had to slow down a bit. Anyway, what an explosive player. Miles Coleman, area player of the year last year yep. in yep. Central Texas. Nine to nine catches. Got two tonight, including that big one right there. Now the Viper defense goes to work with the three-man front. And the handoff up the middle pushes it out to about the 27, maybe the 28-yard line. Three-yard pickup. On the stop, Deshaun Morgan and friends. Going to bring up a second and third and second and seven. Viper defense looking stout already. Number 51, your nose guard is Jet Smith. Or 61, I'm sorry. It's the, the ubiquitous Ian Witt. Second year starting there in the middle. Dropping back, Arp looking fine over the right side. He's got a receiver open. Caught at the 45-yard line. And look who was involved in the tackle. Right, there we go. True mess to maker. Got to get the athletes on the field. Got to get the athletes on the field. He went to coach and said, where can I play, coach? I'm not going to get as much time at quarterback. He didn't say that, but that's the, you know, you're not going to get as much time at quarterback as you maybe thought. He's such a good athlete. He said to coach, where can I play? Where can I contribute? And they put him in on defense, and he was on the covers that time. Nice looking ball there from Aiden Arp, the senior quarterback. Cedar Park is expecting another deep playoff run. First down 10 at the Viper 41-yard line. That first trip across the midfield strike. Handoff up the middle and pushing the pile inside the 40 down to the 38-yard line. The sophomore Trey Hill again on the carry. We'll pick up about three yards on the play, second and seven. Like you said last week, Hank, get three yards at a time, you'll never come off never the field. Never come off the field. Cedar Park looking frisky. they got a big, big O-line. Bro. They look really, really big up front on both sides of the ball. They're operating with no huddle, but not quite the pace the Vipers have been. Right. Doing a lot of check with Mies. The new fad in football. No no huddles. Second down to seven at the 38-yard line. Handoff, right side. And to the 36-yard line. Gain of another two is going to set up a third down and about six. 
It's not really a fad anymore, Merle, is it? It's no. The, it's the status quo. Yeah. It has been for quite some time, but that's okay. We like our football fast. <laughs> so third down and five, let's call it, from the 36-yard line. So you see the park might be in four-down territory. They've got trips to the left side. Arp dropping back. Pocket breaks down, steps up to his right. Now he's going to tuck it under and dives inside the 35, shoved down at the 33, about two yards shy of the first down. And this sets up an interesting call here from Michael Quintero. You've uh, fallen behind 13 and nothing early. You've got the ball at the Viper side of the field. What do you do, Hank? I think this is definitely a go-for situation. Fourth and one inside of one-yard line. Yeah, you got a good spot. Yeah, a good, good spot. See if they go under center, which is causing teams some trouble. Look at this. Looks like a push play. Yep, and they are going to push it down to the 31-yard line. From where the officials are coming in, I think he got enough. I think so. Viper's doing, need much. Viper's doing a good job selling their point of view. That was the best-looking huddle we've seen all night by the Cedar Park <laughs> offense. Yeah. Not only are they wearing Philadelphia Eagles-style jerseys, that's a play straight out of the Philadelphia Eagles playbook. We saw them doing that yeah. a lot last year. And it was good for the first down. So the T-Wolves moved the chains. First down attended the 31-yard line. 3.45 and Connie to go first quarter. Trips wide left, one of the near side. Dropping back is Arp. Looking, stepping up, firing over the center. And caught at the 27-yard line. Good for a five-yard pickup. On the receiving end was Blake Stuber, senior wide receiver. Five, Blaine Becker, the linebacker on the stop there. Again, no yards after catch. But Arp looking looking poised, Merle, the senior quarterback. We're going to expect to see a good year out of him in the Cedar Park Timberwolves. Always interested. I always follow them every year. Right. They put a whooping on a 6A program last week, one of our district mates. Yes, they did. Cedar Ridge. Second and five from the 27-yard line. Handoff up the middle and inside the 25. That's going to be about it. It's going to set up a third down and four as Trey Hill takes it. And we're stopping the clock. For some reason, a helmet came off. Ah. So third and four coming up. Very methodical drive by Cedar Park. Looks like they're going into the, the play script. Game planning. Cedar Park always well coached, Merle. Always yes. well coached. Third down and call it five from the 26-yard line. Trips wide left, one to the near side. Arp dropping back, looking, firing over the left side. He's got a receiver, overshot him. Closing fast was Sebastian Kivetten. So had the ball been closer to the target, Kivetten would have been there to separate him. And now it's a fourth down coming up. Well, that's that corner route concept against a two-deep zone, Merle, where you've got an outside receiver running an inside route, and then your inside slot receiver there running to the corner, trying to find a hole in that two-deep zone. Got to be super accurate on that pass. Just didn't, couldn't put it in the old pickle barrel that time. Good coverage. <laughs> Very good coverage. Yeah, looks like we've got a timeout in the field. Let's take a look at 2.26 to go first quarter. 
Vipers up 13 and nothing. You're listening to Granny Good Vipers Football on the Horn. Are you looking for a little something extra to get your business noticed? At Ideal Signs, they specialize in custom signage and large format digital printing in a variety of media. Their in-house design department can work with you to create custom artwork to your specifications. They'll work with you to conceptualize, design, and produce any custom projects or idea that you might have. Call 512-930-7446 or visit Signs for Sports Ideal Signs, family owned and operated since 1969. When you buy or sell a piece of property, it helps to have a friend in the business. Independence Title will pick up the ball on your transaction and take it right across the goal line. Independence is locally owned right here in Austin with deep roots in the Vandergrift community. Independence is also the Austin Business Journal's number one title company. Work with the home team at Independence Title. Call 329-5299 or go to independencetitle.com. Four to three yard field will attempt after the break. The kick is up. It's got plenty of leg. Wow, that would have been good for 60. Well done. Andrew DeGarry. Andrew DeGarry. That's his first field goal of the season. And he yeah. puts Cedar Park on the board. Like you said, well, that would have been good from 60. Those kickers are always have a little strange ritual there. I noticed Gary had uh, one uh, on his left foot. He had a white sock. And on his right, right foot, he had a black sock. So something going on there. Those kickers and their superstitions, you know. It's, it's always something. And left, left-footed kickers are even more uh, crazy. Those lefties. <laughs> you never you get to keep an eye on them. Kickers are weird. We've had some good ones here. Well, we sure have. So 2.20 to go in the first quarter. The lead has been trimmed to 10. How soon will we forget uh, what happened against that, uh, John, uh, that, that team from Houston, Houston Katy? Right, right. What a moment that was in Viper history. <laughs> wow. The spine turned around four points, did yeah. The spine tingling. I'm getting chills just thinking about that. What a game that was. So first down, the kickoff coming up here, 2.20 to go in. Hayden Arnold, walk-off field goal to win it. What a moment. Kickoff coming from the 40-yard line. And fielded at the 8 to the 10. On the clock to 15, look out, Miles Coleman, look out, 35-40. 45, 50, one man to beat, and the kicker knocks him out of bounds. Andrew Gagari saving a touchdown. Miles Coleman calls a flag down. Flag down back to the 31. Hold everything. Yeah. Well, Mr. Electricity, Miles mm. Coleman. Holding is a call. It is coming back, but that doesn't take away from the burst that he showed right there. Yeah, I think the outside contained guy. We had a fistful of jersey over there. Boy, he really keeps you on the edge of the seat, though, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Every time he gets the football, it's a highlight waiting to happen. So that'll push the ball back to the 21-yard line with 2.10 to go in this opening corner. Two for two on possessions and touchdowns. Let's keep that trend going. One receiver wide, right to the near side. Pistol formation. Oliver in the backfield. There goes the sophomore in motion. Handoff. Oliver up the middle. 
pushes the pile out to the 26, maybe the 27-yard line. Good for about a five-yard pickup. They're going to bring up a second down and five as they go inside of two minutes to go. Piper's operating at pace. Olive has gone the distance. We have not seen 48 in the backfield tonight. And off Oliver again. This time he stacked up at the line of scrimmage and knocked down for no gain. Logan Wicketts, the junior linebacker, maybe got a yard in the play. Going to bring up a third down and call it three. The second year in a row, Merle, the Vipers have kind of changed their identity on the offensive line. we got some big boys up there. Yes. Something that has not always been the case here. Two receivers right, one to the near side. Now we go empty back set as they split Oliver way out wide to the right for trips on the right side. One receiver to the near side. Adams dropping back, looking, firing underneath, and that ball is caught at the 32-yard line to Miles Coleman, and that's enough to move the chains on the four-yard pickup first down Vanderbilt. So the worry you have there is that you don't run the route far enough to get to the first down marker. So right. great field awareness there by Miles Coleman. And then Deuce put that one right on the money. Great protection up front as well. First down hit at the 32. Adams in the shotgun, two receivers to the left, one wide right. Adams dropping back, looking, and firing over here to the near sideline, and that ball is incomplete. A lot of contact, but I think that was just the case of the feet getting tangled up. They try to get it over to Coleman. Got to ring up a second down to 10. Email is open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Voice of the Vipers, all one word plural at gmail.com. Well, there's the corner concept by the Vipers. They're the same play that Cedar Park, or similar play that Cedar Park ran last time. Right. Running miles to the corner against too deep zone, but the Cedar Park Timberwolves take care of business there. The second down to 10 after the incompletion. One receiver wide right to the near side again for Adams. Play action to Fournier, who's checked into the ball game. Adams reverses field, cuts it up at the 30. And back to the line of scrimmage. No gain in the play, but that was an exciting no gain. He's a very casual-looking runner. Yes. I've noticed Deuce Adams. He doesn't look like he's going that fast, but apparently he is. Making it look easy. Third down coming up. The clock is ticking down, and that is going to be the end of your first quarter. So a good start for the Vipers. 13 points to get things started. Cedar Park with a, a field goal. You got on the board, and at the end of the first 12 minutes, you score. Vanica 13, and the Cedar Park Timberwolves 3. We'll take a break. you back for quarter number two. You're listening to Vanica Vipers football on the horn. People who shop at Diamonds Direct for diamonds and engagement rings can't believe the prices. They blew everybody else out of the water. I saved between $1,500 and $2,000. Came here first, got a really good price, went around everywhere else, and it wasn't really even close. I looked online, I'd actually shopped a couple of local stores. They could not begin to touch the size, the quality, or the pricing. Crazy the deal that we got. Couldn't believe I was able to get into a ring like this. Of all the places that I visited, everybody from mom and pop shops to wholesalers to local franchisees, nobody could compete from a pricing 
standpoint with Diamonds Direct. It's because Diamonds Direct is a true direct diamond importer with special access to the world's most exquisite diamonds. No middleman markups and a commitment to be any price, anywhere, anytime. Whether it be duty-free in the Caribbean or other countries, Diamonds Direct prices have beaten everything I've looked at. At least 20% lower than what we had been looking at. They blew everybody else out of the water. Get the engagement ring of her dreams at the price you deserve. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. DiamondsDirect.com. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Well, there's good news and bad news. The good news is the Vipers have just scored on a 70-yard touchdown pass in a slant pattern to Miles Coleman. The bad news is we were away at break when it happened. So just away at the start of the second quarter here, 11.47 to go, and the Vipers lead 19-3. And Hank, is a nothing fancy, just a slant pattern, and Miles Coleman with that burst of speed takes it to the house. That's you know not a straight slant. That's more of a, a two-move post run, I think, because he caught the ball about 12 to 15 yards downfield. So to make that play work, you have to have excellent protection up front. The Hog Mollies did their job. Then Deuce puts it right on the money. I think he hit him right on the number one. Right. And then Miles just outran everybody. A second speeding ticket has been issued (laughs) by the Cedar Park Sheriff's Department for Miles Coleman. Excessive speed. Unbelievable. So, Call Bear drills the extra point through. 11.47 to go first half. All Vipers here, 20-3. to three. Great protection that time, Real, because that that route took time to develop. He had to have time to set his feet and throw. You saw Miles break into the clear there on the post. And what a super accurate throw. But the big hog mollies, left tackle Blake Frazier, number 77, number 50, Jacob Henry. The guard on the left side, Ryan Wisdom, first-year starter, number 63 at center, Gage Garrison. Returning all-district player, right guard, number 54, and then Sam Perry at that tackle spot. They look outstanding. These are here. The hog mollies are in the house. Well, you talked about how casual Deuce Adams looked when he was running the football. He looked equally as casual. He's standing back there waiting, waiting for Coleman to clear. And uh, hit him in stride. And the Vipers lead it now 20-3 with 11.47 to go first half. Yeah, he just makes it all look easy. Just very leisurely looking. I think that's an indication of his athleticism, if I'm not mistaken. Noah Callbearer, the junior, looks like he's won the kicking duties. You kind of see why, if that's going to be his third straight touchdown of the night. Or not touchdown, touchback, pardon me. As that was about three yards deep into the end zone. And Cedar Park had a little sign of life with a nice long field goal that sparked them a little bit, but it doesn't take the Vipers long to answer. See, what I tell you about these kickers, Merle, you see Noah there, he's got yeah. a full-length uh, leg uh, sleeve or something on the left side, and uh, so can't see any skin, but on that right, the kicking leg, it's completely completely bare. The, the pants are up above the knee. Above the a, knee, yeah. Got a low sock there. We will go ahead and let them, allow them to have their eccentricities. As long as they split the uprights, I don't <laughs> right. care if they're, they're wearing purple. Uh, if we had a, an opposing team give a kickoff return yet, I think he's hit, he's so far kicked them all out of the end zone tonight. Correct. Maybe last week they had one. 
And a handoff up the middle. And a nice little hole this time out across the 30 to the 31 for Trey Hill. Picks up about five yards on the play. Second and five. Number 55, Ben Boer. Another in a long list of excellent linebackers here at Vandergriff High School. Well, this type of defense can be even more impressive with a 17-point lead. It can take some chances. Hill this time starts right, runs into a wall, and gets back to the line of scrimmage. That's about it. Nothing happening there, and every single Viper was near the football there. Yes. Do you see that? Yep. If you look up gang tackling in the dictionary, that's what you just saw. 11 guys to the football. So third and five coming up. We remember the days, Hank, when Cedar Park was known for running. They would just have a fleet of running backs mm -hmm. that they would rotate in three, three four deep. of them. Yeah. Yeah. When they, they can push people off the ball, they still look like they're trying to do that same thing. But this Piper's defense is really looking stingy, giving it a third and five. Dropping back is Harp. Looking, setting up a screen pass. Good to complete up to the 30, to the 35. Bounce to the outside. It's going to be good for a first down. And all the way out to the 40-yard line. A nice play there by the Cedar Park Timberwolves. They dump it off to Tyler Wynn, the senior wide receiver. And Cedar Park picks up a first down at their own 40-yard line. Number 55, Ben Boer making the stop again. Nice-looking play. Screen passes have been a little bit of a thorn in the Vipers' heel in the past just because they're so aggressive, Merle, and flying right. up the field. If you can get that off, it can be problematic. So first down and 10. Clock moving again. Coming up on the 10-minute mark. Ball spotted up the two-year old 40-yard line moving right to left. Arp dropping back. Stepping up now as the pocket breaks down. He's going to go down. Coming in from the back side was Cruz Carrasquillo. A Cruz missile. Yep, with the sack. Number 29 on that left side. So quick off the ball. Like somebody shoots him out of a gun. Right. Karskiel with the sack, makes it second and 11 from the T-Wolf 39. So good with his hands. All those Viper defensive linemen, Merle, really do a great job with the hand fighting. They just keep coming up with new guys. Next man up. Right. The third down and 11 from the 39-yard line. And now timeout. Timeout going to be taken by Cedar Park. 9.13 to go in this first half. Cedar Park, we'll take a break and be right back. So listen to you, Vanderbilt Piper's football on the horn. Card my yard. When good news comes your way, skip the card and stake the yard. It's the easiest way to decorate for any celebration. We do all the work for you. Book your order online and we'll set up the surprise and take down the decorations afterwards. Grand opening, anniversary, or any special occasion. Card my yard. 95 franchises throughout the U.S. Now a proud sponsor of your school. Visit cardmyyard.com today. My name is Juanita Segura, and I was diagnosed in November of 2014 with non-small cell lung cancer. Biomarker testing was a turning point for me. By working with my oncologist, we were able to determine the most appropriate treatment plan. My fear was I wasn't going to be here to see my children grow up. That gave me hope knowing that I had that chance, and I did. Visit noonemiss.org for more. A public service message from Longevity Foundation.
Third down, the other ball for 39 yards on offense. The play action pass, trying to set the three pass. They do here on the near side, out across the 45, and dropped to the 47-yard line. <laughs> Good pursuit coming in from the back side by Alex, Alex Foster. Foster. And I'll tell you one thing about old Alex Foster, Merle. When he puts his hands on you, you're down. Yeah. I mean, that guy is a great tackler. Last year we saw him so make, make so many big plays, but just, again, no yards after catch, and Alex Foster gets there with authority. He's in a bad mood when he arrives. <laughs> Eight-yard pickup on the reception there from Joshua Petchy. Sets up a big third down and three here for Cedar Park. They try to get something going to get back in this football game. 8.33 to go, 20-3 to three Vipers on top. Going to see the wide right to the near side. Harp with the drop. Pressure coming from the edge, and he is hitting it, throws it, and incomplete. Pesci tried to pick it up off the carpet. Art did a great job just getting rid of the football. Indeed he did. For five, Blaine Becker's there to make sure there was no even possibility that ball was going to be caught. They got a big tight end, number 88, Joshua Pesci. He got introduced to Blaine Becker on that yep. play, and then the play before Alex Foster said hello. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to be exchanging Twitter handles. Cedar Park set to punt it away again. And it's a high kick angle over here to the near sideline. Angles out of bounds at the 25, so we'll see where they triangulate this. That's not going to be a very deep punt. Still moving up to the 30, and they're going to mark it right there at the 30-yard line. So about a 30-yard punt, no return. Vipers will take over first down and 10 from their own 30-yard line with 8.16 to go in the first half. There's some trepidation, I would imagine, um, the opposing coaches have when thinking about kicking it to Miles Coleman. But that time, George Farley was back deep. He had a great game last week. Merle, breakout performance by number six. He's only a junior. Right. Miles Coleman down with a little niggle. And next man up is George Farley. Had a great game. First down 10 Vipers from the 30. One receiver split to either side. Adams rolling to his left on the bootleg, jumps it off to Coleman on the left side, up to the 35 to the 40. There's that speed again, 45 to the 50, and out of bounds. We'll see where they spot him out of bounds. They're going to say he stepped out to 48, so about a 15-yard pickup, good for an 18-yard pickup, good for a first down. So fun to watch him. This looks like some of the other players are running in slow motion, like they're running on sand, and he's running on glass. Right. He's just so speedy. That pass traveled about five yards, and he did the rest. Mm-hmm. Coming in motion right to left is Deuce Adams. He takes a handoff from Estimaker. Now Adams is going to run across the 50. Now bounces to the left side. Oh, tripped up at the 50-yard line. That was a great open field tackle by the Cedar Park player. I'm not sure who that's 27. Isaiah King that came in with Estimaker at quarterback, and Adams split out wide. He went in motion right to left tank. They handed it off to him. But King ruined their plans. Well, he's just a nifty runner, too. He's got such great vision, which... Obviously helps him as he's looking downfield to find his receiving targets, but exhibited some great, great vision there as a runner. Second and seven. Ball across the midfield stripe. Back split to either side. Now they go empty back set as they put both Coleman and Chilton in motion to the left side. Fake the shuttle pass underneath. They give it to Coleman. To the 40, to the 35. Cuts it back up and knocked down at the 32-yard line. That was so quick I didn't even see it happen. About an 18-yard pickup to Miles Coleman. Well, that counts as a pass. As yes, it does. Scott Schaffner's not here to remind us, but I'll go <laughs> ahead and I've conceded the point. 
but we'll take it where, where we can get it. But again, that's just a little shuttle pass to Miles, and he gets to the edge and does the rest. First time, 10 Vipers on the move again at the Cedar Park 32-yard line. Now they move Scoglin and Chilton to the left side. Oliver lined it to the left, and it's a handoff to Oliver straight ahead running. He's going to knock down at the 30-yard line. Gain of two in the play, second down and eight. They looking pretty good last week at a one-two punch combination with him and Fournier. It's always good to have a stable of running backs that you can count on. Look at this formation. We've got Blake Shelton, the left tackle, out there in a quad set. Empty back for Adams. And they're going to swing it to Mestermaker. Mestermaker's looking downfield. Nothing doing, so he's going to tuck it under and run. At the heads-up senior play, stays in bounds and pushes it, puts the shoulder down and bangs it down inside the 15, inside the 10, down to the 9-yard line. That brought the Viper fans to their feet. Yep. Earl is Mestermaker put his shoulder down and did another Larry Zonka imitation there, just running over Cedar Park defenders. Ruthless carrying the football is Mestermaker. I think that's the water moccasin play. Yes, it is. They're trying to do a little double pass. Yep. And kudos to Mestermaker. You know, instead of trying to build the stats and force something that wasn't there, he tucked it under and picked up about 20 yards in the play. He looked like he'd been doing, doing that his whole life as a runner. Pistol now with Oliver in the backfield behind Adams. First down and goal to go from the nine. And off Oliver, off left tackle. He's going to rugby pile it down to about the one-yard line. It's going to bring up a second down and goal from there. Uh, just a tremendous job up front. Rylan Wisdom, the first-year starter. Also, Jacob Henry on that left side. This caved in the defensive tackle, creating a cavernous hole to run into for Dade Oliver. They spotted at the two. So second and goal from the two coming up on the six-minute mark. Halfway through the second quarter, all Vipers so far. 20-3, to three, looking for more. Adams up under center, two up backs and a deep back, and now they move everybody to the right side. Adams stays up under center. And a handoff. Who was that, Mass Man? Is that number 30? Logan Weinheimer? It's like a refrigerator type package yeah. there. Who is that, Mass Man, carrying the football? Did they give that to Jacob Henry? They may have. It was something zero. Yeah. I think they might have handed it to him. Five zero. That is Jacob Henry. So no gain of the play. Third down to go from the two. We go Wildcat here to Oliver. Oliver finds follows the blockers into the end zone. Touchdown, Vandergrift. Outstanding. Got Jacob Henry in the backfield, and that that means you're going to bring in number seventy six in that left guard spot. That's Jadrian Smith, he did a great job on that play, Merle. Paving the way for Oliver to traipse into the end zone. The Vipers up 26-3 and on a roll here with 5.06 to go. Showing all sorts of variety, all sorts of weapons, all sorts of looks. If you're scouting this team, good luck. Good luck. That's another wrinkle we haven't seen. Jacob Henry in the backfield. I think he's a also a wrestler, if I'm not mistaken. Built like one. Built like one. As Paul Bear drills it through. 5 or 6 to go first half. All Vipers 27-3. We'll take a break and be right back. You're listening to Grand Vipers football on the horn. 
Get ready to score big with Tommy's Express. Download the Tommy's Express app today and get your first month free. Test drive Tommy's Express Best Wash the Works and you'll love the Subsy Clean, Ceramic Wax, Underbody Flush, Spot Free Rinse, and Tire Shine. And don't pass up their free vacuums and mat washers. Kick off the school year by washing at multiple Tommy's Express locations with an unlimited membership. Offer valid for new guests only. Everyone wins at Tommy's Express. Family time, anytime. Always worth every time. On our way, chicken eat. Unbelievable sweet tea. Extra tenders, they're the best. Not to mention all the rest. Chicken tea is the place to go for all of us in the know. Plenty of sides to make a meal. Chicken eat is for real. Follow me to chicken eat. Gotta have their sweet tea. Bear with another kick. This one lands at the one yard line and bounces into the end zone. So it didn't quite make it all the way, Hank, but it got the job done anyway. Hmm. Must be getting tired. He's had to kick off so many times tonight. I know. May have to get some ice. Get an ice bucket. May have to see a backup kicker if this trend continues. Well, Merle, it's a nine play drive going 70 yards, finishing up with a two yard touchdown run from Zade Oliver. And the Vipers are a perfect four for four on offense possessions. Four possessions, Merle. Merle, four touchdowns. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Hard to beat that. The only miscue, a fumbled snap on the extra point. That's why we're at 27 instead of 28. But not a bad night thus far. Vipers defense looking good. Got a three and out on that first possession. And. So Arp in the shotgun, back to his right, and now the flag comes down. They're going to delay game. Yep. Play clock reads zero, so that'll push back Cedar Park five yards and make it first and 15. That's the kind of thing that just burns the head coach. Oh, coming off the sideline. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Up to the first down. Oof. First play of the drive. The first and 15 now from back at the 20. The receiver's wide right, one of the near side, same formation. Art dropping back, looking, pass over here to the near side, caught and out of bounds at the 36 yard line. Great concentration there by Blake Suber. He Sebastian Cadet, and he did, but held on to it anyway for a Cedar Park first down. Well, those are the kind of spots you got to find. You see a two deep, deep uh, zone defense, you got to throw into spots like that. And that was a well delivered ball by Aiden Arp, his senior classmate, Blake Suber. First down and 10 at the 35-yard line. Dropping back, Art swings it underneath and had pressure. Had three Vipers in his face, 47 and 55, I see. That is uh, David Overhauser and Ben Boer. There was another one in there. Well, if they have to throw into windows and complete that kind of pass, Merrill, it's going to be a long night for Cedar Park. Right. Because that was a very small window to throw in for that big completion there. And same thing on their last drive, threw into a tight, tight window. Vipers looking pretty good in the defensive backfield. Second down and 10. Dropping back his arm. Looking, he's going to be sacked. No, he got rid of the football. Complete to the 45-yard line and the 50. To the 40 and knocked down to the 39-yard line. I don't know how he got it out of there, but he did. And he found Carter Wolf. Good for a Cedar Park first down. So 
some real bravery there by Aiden Arp, the senior, as he faced the withering pressure of Ben Boer on a blitz. And he paid the price, but made a picture-perfect throw. Big play, Cedar Park. And Viper's not going to take any chances. Coach Drew Sanders out on the field, calls a timeout. Got to regroup here. They've had a couple of nice plays, and I'm sure he's going to tell his troops, hey, there's a lot of football left to be played. Don't relax. Cedar Park known for that quick passing game rule. They get rid of the ball quick, which you really have to against this Viper's defense. Yeah. Uh, Aiden Arp looking very much... Arm really moves well there. He bought extra time real on that play to make that completion. Uh, you know, if he didn't scamper out to the right, he was in big trouble. Right. Quite a quite a crowd as per usual. That was it three years ago. They put these additional stands in and right. Filling everything up. They could probably. Extend them a little bit more if they had some room. I bet they'd fill up. First down and 10 after the big pickup at the Viper 39 yard line. Hand off right side. They're going to reverse shuttle pass. That's number 13. Hollister Stevens. He saw it, but he saw it just a little yeah. bit late. Yeah, the, the receiver broke wide open. Just didn't have the strength on the throw. The sad part is if Hollister turns around, he probably has an interception. Maybe so. It was really well, uh, very much underthrown. But you know what? That's what th that's what he's coached to do. If, right. you, if you lose a player like that, you just go back and you got to break up the play. So instead of a first and goal, you know, inside the five or possibly a touchdown, it's a first down, but you only give up ten yards. So after the penalty, first down and 10, four seat apart at the 24-yard line. Hopefully they'll behave themselves. 47, David Overhouse, a great job by the line. Fires over the right side and overshot his intended target. And that time, Alistair Stevens right there to make sure they'll bring up a second down and 10. So when the quarterback gets happy feet, which happens when you get a lot of pressure, you start seeing throws go high. Right. That's where they start missing, not finishing up with your mechanics. Second and 10 from the 24-yard line. 424 to go first half. Daniel goes up 27-3. Arp dropping back. Blake Suber. Another throw high. Doesn't look like he's getting all the way around. You know, if, if I had these guys running at me full speed, <laughs> I think I would have happy feet too. So, yep. Can't blame the young man, but he's not looking quite as comfortable as he has early in the game. And those two throws, I think, are indicative of that. So third down and ten from the 24-yard line. Dropping back is hard. Looking, firing over the left side again. That ball is caught, but he's catch. out of bounds. Oh. Great catch by Blake Suber, but he was out of bounds at about the one-yard line. Yeah. Nice throw by Arp. There were two Viper defenders right there, and he somehow found the target area, but he's out of bounds. Nice job by the referees. You had the line judge on this side and also the, the back judge. You had two referees 
in close proximity, probably about five or six yards each. They had a bird's eye view. What a nice looking catch. And here's, here's Bigfoot again, number 12, Andrew Gagari. He's already got one from about 43. This one's from 41. On a fourth down and 10. This might be a fake. They sent somebody in motion. They're going to shuttle it. Pass over to the center of the field. That ball is intercepted. Back at the five-yard line. Coming up to the 10 to the 15. And at the 22-yard line, I think, that was Jack Kourkamp on the center of the field. Yeah. He's going to say it was unnecessary because the play was already on the side of the field. But well, the main thing is the Vipers get the football yeah, back. You can't uh, fault the guy for trying to play football. That's a that's kind of a hustle play in my book. So what they did was a holder tossed it back to Trey Hill, who was kind of gone in motion. And Hill got it back to his quarterback, who chucked it down the field, but it was well overthrown and well defended by Horkamp. So the Vipers get the football, but they're going to put it all the way back at the two-yard line. Oh, that's a big big difference in field position for sure. But I saw that, Merle, the, uh, the safety on that side. You know, I don't usually like call out people, you know, when they make a penalty. But number three, Sebastian Tavetton, I, I think it was just a football play. I, yeah. I, there was no malice. He just made a block, hit him clean. Knocked him down, but I think the referees, you know, are trying to put a, you know, put a stop to some of these unnecessary hits. And uh, but I thought it was a, it looked like a clean football play to me. Could have been a blindside situation too, maybe. I, I was looking down the field. In any event, it's Viper football. First and ten at their own three-yard line. Got to take care of it here. Adams standing on the S in the end zone, straight ahead handoff, and a big hole out across the ten in the 16-yard line. That's Fournier with the carry, 80 yards last week. Plus three for about 14 here, first down Vandegar. And that left side of the Vipers' offensive line, Jacob Henry, the left guard, and Blake Frazier, just they're real earth movers over there. Apparently they know where the weight room is. Right. In the Viper right. athletic complex. <laughs> first and 10 at the 16-yard line. Flip flop to Stolgren coming to the right. Chilton going to the left. Two receivers to the left. Adams dropping back. Stepped up. Got a receiver. Guess who? Miles Coleman comes back and makes the catch. 49 yard line. First down. Nice job adjusting the football. He really sets it in his Again, he had a lot of time to throw there, but the brush is starting to materialize. That ball 40 yards in the air very casually. First down, 10 Vibers at their own 48 yard line. Scolding coming to motion right to left, settles into the left side of Adams. Handoff, Zade Oliver straight ahead running. Let's see if our defense has been on the field for a long time. Yes, you're right. And that's a five yard pickup for Oliver. Big Jay Scolding lining up as a running back, and that's this ISO play from the shotgun. Chase, Chase Scoglin gets about a five-yard head of steam and right. it's a waylay a linebacker. That didn't seem fair. Second down and five from the 47-yard line. One receiver left, two to the near side. Cedar Park showing blitz. Picked up nice by the Viper. Swung out here to the near side at Chilton. Makes the first take the bounds of the 45. Following Walker, knocked out of bounds of the 40. Boy. He does not look like a sophomore. No, he doesn't. 
Well, he doesn't. And I tell you what, Jordan Oliver, again, on the perimeter, Merle, is just putting on an absolute clinic for blocking in that position. You've got the, the head linesman is over here standing right where he's lining up, and he's making that block, keeping his hands on the inside. Two thumbs up, two hands. A blocking profile, just a tremendous job. The first down and 10 from the 40-yard line. Vipers on the move again. 2.18 to go first half of 27-3. Hand off again, Oliver. Breaks tackles inside the 35 down to the 34-yard line. Six yards on the play, second and four. Started to see a lot of hands-on hips for yep. this Cedar Park defense. So that's an indication of fatigue. You've got some heavy breaths going on, so you try to alleviate the pressure on your sternum by putting your hands on your hip. It's a natural reaction, but... Uh, a clear indication that they're getting gassed. This is the sixth play of this, seventh play of this drive. Back to the side now. The back set here for Adams. Second time for the step up. Little man, he didn't want to go down at the 35 yard line. He'll be sacked. Henry Wicker with a half a sack apiece. Sets up a third and five back to the 35. Well, that could have been worse, but yeah. Deuce is very active in the pocket. Moves right now. Always a couple of weeks for us. Part of Valor a timeout coming up. We'll keep it here with 59.1 seconds to go. On motion, he is Hank Hudson holding Hudson on the stats. Cole Dixon back at the studio. Brock Bolger down on the sidelines. And I got Christina Weber, my better half, keeping an eye and ear on the video to make sure that it's all behaving itself. Well, the Vipers have put up 27 points again in the first half. We still got 59 seconds remaining, Merle, right. so they still have time to do something else with this. It's a third and five. So. Very, very workmanlike performance. This is the fifth possession of, uh, of the first half. The other four resulted in touchdowns. And the Vipers taking care of business. Well, Cedar Park is better, I think, than they, they were last year. They very much so. Four and six at the end of the regular season. Uh, did make the playoffs as a number four seed and got eliminated in the first round. So made it to the state championship game in, let's see, that would be 2020, the COVID year. Felder didn't Ryan went three rounds deep the next year and then stepped back a little bit last year. But they seem like they are. I don't think this is indicative of what they're going to be facing in 5A. The rest well, of the I mean, you take on two heavyweight 6A opponents. Yeah. You know, the Vipers are, I think, the second ranked team in Central Texas. So this is a stern test. But they do look like they're they're better than last year for sure. After the timeout, third and five coming up from the Cedar Park 35-yard line. Adams sends Coleman in motion, and it's a handoff to Coleman around the left side. Cuts it up to 35 to the 30, and he's going to have the first down. He doesn't go anywhere unless he goes fast, Merle. <laughs> I mean, you know, he gets out of bed in the morning. I think he, it's like a blur moving to the kitchen so his mom and Yoka Coleman can feed him. Another well, timeout. Another timeout. Vipers. Uh, making judicious use of them. I don't want to go away because I'm afraid we'll miss another touchdown. These guys are so dangerous they can strike from anywhere at any time. 
Yes, indeed. 41 seconds left on the 30-yard line. You get a first down, so based on what we've seen so far, Cedar Park, I think, is playing a little deeper than they have been. So that's what happens when you when you have so much success throwing the ball deep early is the defense has to loop it, loosen up. You can't keep seven and eight guys in the box or you're just going to get torched over the top. Right. So that's opened up some running lanes for this Viper team, and they're taking advantage. Clock moving, 30 seconds to go after the timeout. First down, 10 to the 30-yard line. Play action pass. Adams going for all up the near sideline. Got a receiver wide open. Adams Adams for the second time tonight. And Ben is officially broken it open now. 33 to 3. Well, that looks like a stop-and-go route or something because Adams was wide open, broke into the clear. The quarterback looked confused, had his hips turned the wrong way, so didn't route, but something dropped in the same mark from his perspective. <laughs> he must have bought a, a quick fake on that route. Maybe we'll see it on the Jumbotron. Oh, bear off the extra point out of the hole of the Mestamaker. The kick is up, and the kick is perfect. We'll go ahead and take a break. 21.5 seconds left in the first half of 33-3. Vanica Viper football on the horn. Twenty-one point five seconds left to go in the first half. Viper's up 34-3. And the kickoff coming from the 35-yard line. This one's going to be returnable up to the two, but he dropped it back at the five-yard line. Nothing going right for Cedar Park right now. He's going to be pinned down at about the eight-yard line, and a flag comes in late. And if that's against the Vipers, that's going to bail them out. So we will check the flag here with 16.3 seconds to go. Number 25, Luke Miller got there first. Merle causing disruption and confusion and delay. And then a host of Vipers on hand to... Take care of business. And what do we have here? This looks like a 15-yarder. Personal foul against the Vipers. I don't know if it's a late hit or a face mask. Face mask, maybe. That helps out Cedar Park a little bit. They're going to have it out the 24-yard line. Only 16.3 seconds and one timeout to work with. Hart, handoff, up the middle. And this... Disappears into a pile of black shirts. Maybe a yard pickup going to bring up a second down and nine. He's going to let it run out, Merle. Yep. So the Vipers, at the end of the first quarter, had a 13-3 lead. They have tacked down three unanswered touchdowns. And at the end of your first half, your score, the Vanagon Vipers 34 and the Cedar Park Timberwolves three. And again, Hank, I think, you know, I expected the Vipers to win. I think a lot of people did, but... I'm not sure. Once again, I think the Vipers are, are, are over-exceeding expectations here with a big 31-point lead over a decent Cedar Park team. I think that's right. Uh, I thought this game would be a little tighter, but I thought that last week. Uh, this, right. this year's version of the Vipers look to be as good as advertised. They've added some key pieces, some explosive players to an already explosive offensive unit. And uh, What can you say about the defense? I mean, they're just not giving up any kind of discernible yardage and just making it life very difficult for the opposing offenses so far through two games. So I'm excited about what's happening. The portents are all favorable for the Vipers in 23. 34-3, your score. We will take an extended break. Give uh, Hank time to put the stats together, and uh, we'll be back here to discuss the first half and get you set up for half number two. We expect to see some uh, 
younger faces and some guys getting some playing time that this big league can hold up here. You're listening to Cedar Park or Vanderbilt Pipers football on the horn. Welcome back to the Roman Warrior Stadium. 34-3 the score here at the end of the first half. Melbourne here along with Hank Hudson. Hope, uh, hope everybody out there is enjoying the broadcast and getting ready for a happy Labor Day weekend. We're getting a little chop in the feet, I think, but uh, we're getting through it. I think it's because there's so dang many people here, Hank. There's just a ton of people in the grandstands and a packed house. Vipers playing an anticipated game for the second time tonight. And uh, so far, so good, up 34-3 to three here. Well, it's uh, statistical uh, anomalies uh, abound in terms of uh, the Viper performance. They're obviously dominating time of possession, uh, total yardage. They've got about 300 yards of total offense. Uh, St. Oliver's got nine carries for 40 yards. Merle Deuce has carried the ball four times for 12. Drew Mestemaker's got up one carry for 20 yards on the water moccasin play, which we all were waiting to see. Uh, his The brother, uh, Eli, has got two catches for two touchdowns, a 13-yarder on the first play of the game and then another one for four yards in the TD on a beautiful-looking fade route. That was a thing of absolute beauty, wasn't it? That absolutely was, yep. Also, the sophomore, number 17, Brock Chilton's looking good again. He's got one catch for 11, but it was a very nifty-looking running catch. There's that quick screenplay. So it looks like, let's see here. Trying to finish up. It looks like we've got about 225 yards of passing offense for Deuce Adams. He is Looks like 13 out of 16. I need to do a little more cipher over here, but 13 out of 16, pretty efficient. Four, four touchdowns, 13 out of 16. Two of them to his brother. What a first half from the Vipers. What a first half. Is, what do you say, over 300 yards already in, the, in that first half? Over 300 yards easily. This for Cedar Park, not much, not much happening off. His first two possessions, they went three and out, punt. They got one first down on the second possession, but four plays and then a punt. They got a field goal on their third possession. Then they put together a nine-play drive and ended up having to punt. And then another eight-play drive. It ended with a botched fake field goal attempt and an interception. And then that was in a, in a late hit penalty there. Resulted in the Vipers getting the ball on their own two-yard line as they proceeded to very expeditiously go nine plays, Merle, and 98 yards. Wow. Culminating in that second touchdown pass to uh, Adams from his brother. So very efficient across the board. Only two penalties for the Vipers in the first half. Everything's working. Everything is working indeed. Well, we'll find out if Coach agrees. Just a few moments ago, Brock Bollinger had a chance to catch up with their coach down on the sidelines. So if that's queued up, let's see what Coach Sam What's the first half of Viper football. Coach, first home game for y'all, rivalry game. Can you talk about the atmosphere and how your team's responding? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great to have this many people here. It's, it's uh, kind of cool, but, um, and especially against Cedar Park. Uh, the team started off strong, had a little lull, and then, um, and then finished well there at the end. I like the touchdown with 20 seconds left. I think that's just a great job by our offense. Huge performance from Miles Coleman in the first half. Uh, what are you seeing from him? I'm just glad to have him back. He's probably the best receiver in the state. And so, you know, 
it's kind of nice having him on the field. So um, his presence is felt immediately. First play, we got it to him. And, uh, and then hopefully he, he can just kind of keep going the rest of the year. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. Okay, So there you go, and uh, block here down to the sidelines. These guys must be going nuts. So many weapons for this Viper team. What, what's the mood like down there in the sidelines? Yeah, Miles Coleman is really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I learned that tonight. That kid, that kid's really good. No, it's been all, all ups for Vandergrift tonight. Yeah. Not, not a lot of uh, negatives. Similar to last week. Um, not a lot of uh, bad plays out there. They, they look really good. Now uh, the the uh, but there's a couple of things that did go wrong. There was uh, I think a. Uh, Personal foul penalty of some sort and a sportsman like and that kind of thing. Was that just. That was, I believe that was on Cedar Park. No, we, we, yeah. we had one on, on this end, we had one on this okay. end. I was just curious how the coaches reacted to that. Were they upset about it or was it just sort of like, okay, you're being aggressive? What, what was the yeah, um, I, I specifically remember one penalty. Coach Sanders, you know, kind of told him, like, yelled at him, like, hey, you can't do that. But then he kind of calmed him down. Right, right. You know, like, kind of slowly walked away, trying to calm his players down. So. Well, keep in mind, gentlemen, that these are the unofficial stats, but for the first half, I've got Miles Coleman with eight catches for 202 yards, so not a bad day at the office. No, he's good. Yeah, yeah he's apparently he's pretty good. Area player of the year. What a performance for him in the first half. Well, not I mean, he's good in and of himself, but when you add a guy like Eli Adams, you've got Oliver who's doing a great job block, and you've got Chilton, the sophomore, and then, the, I mean, having... Uh, Miles Coleman back in that mix, having guys around him that can take the pressure off of the block, that just makes him even better. I was going to say, it's helped that the quarterbacks had about 15 seconds. There is that. The ball. Yeah, yeah that, that was a big help, especially on that first long touchdown uh, to Coleman. So, yeah, he had all day to throw on that one. Yeah, the, when we talked about it up here in the booth, Brock, uh, that, that post route, uh, the late developing route, that's about a 12 to 15 yard route, at least a one or maybe a two move post. And Deuce was standing back there with nothing but all day to set his feet and deliver a perfect strike. And then we saw Miles Coleman just outrun the entire Cedar Park team. Yeah, I was going to say, if you give him that much space or that much time to run that far of a distance, right. he's going to outrun whoever's across from him yeah. every time. Yeah. So. And because he's so versatile, you don't know if he's going to chuck at 70 yards in the air down the field or if he's going to tuck it under and run 70 yards. He's just got that kind of ability to, to screw up the defense both ways. Yeah, that second touchdown he had, I believe it was the second one. I don't know. He, he's had so many plays now. I'm losing track. But they, they played so far off of him, expecting him to run deep. He just stopped, popped the ball, and still got ran. Yeah. So not, not really much you can do. Not much. You know, in the uh, other play, potentially could have been played for Cedar Park was that double reverse uh, pass where they lateral it back to the quarterback right. and just didn't have a chance to set himself and throw. I think it was number 47, David Ober Oberhauser applied some pressure, just enough pressure to kind of throw him off because the receiver was standing on about the two-yard line wide open. Uh, they ended up getting a, a pass interference call on that play, right. but it, it you know, ended up being a field goal instead of a touchdown. Uh, but that's really, in terms of big plays, there's been two completions where uh, the Cedar Park quarterback, uh, number three, that's Aiden Narp, he's threaded the needle on the sideline a couple of times, and if he's going to have to throw into those small windows, I know a couple of them were over on, were on our sideline where you saw, but he's throwing in, we got brackets on that guy all day long. we got a guy on the top, a guy on the bottom, and he's throwing into a very small window. If, if the receivers for Cedar Park are going to have to continue to throw, uh, or to 
catch passes in that kind of tight window, it's going to be a very long day. I was going to say, it's usually a good sign when the team that you're playing, their best offensive play is um, a penalty. Yeah. So, that's usually a good sign. But that uh, we, we pay extra for that kind of analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it looks like Deuce Adams is 13 out of 16. I'll get it all tallied up over here. 13 out of 16 for 245 yards in that first half. Uh, unbelievable performance. The Vipers have a, a, about 92 yards on the ground as well. So uh, you're talking about three, uh, 340 or so yards of total offense in one half of football. One half of football. Uh, against a Cedar Park team that is known for being a very good on defense. They look a lot better than last year, but the the score is about the score line is about the same as this time wow. uh, in the game last year when the Vipers won 45 to nothing. So uh, they've done one uh, one better. They got a field goal out of it, but they haven't looked like putting much together, Merle, in terms of sustaining drives. They just kind of run out of ideas. It seems like against this Viper's deep. Yeah, this Viper defense is the equivalent of the offense in terms of being creative and, and getting guy, guys in and just disrupting things and messing things up. We've seen. Guys in the, uh, the backfield all night long, putting the pressure on our good coverage downfield. When you make a mistake, you min- minimize the mistake. You take you take the pass interference instead of giving up the big plays. So, just a seasoned veteran coaching staff imparting wisdom to guys that soak it up like a sponge. Uh, no question about it. You can on both sides of the ball. You know the activity pre-snap for me has always been something to set the Vipers apart. So on yes. offense, you see uh, the the mad scientist Blake Mauser. Drawing up, they never snap the ball in the same formation that they've lined up. Right. So they're shifting constantly. There's motion coming from uh, one place or another. You see, you see, um, Stoglin, 88 Stoglin, lining up, going from one side of the formation to the other, then going back into as a second back in the backfield and providing a devastating lead block for Zade Oliver to spring in for about a 10-yard gain. Uh, you see on defense that constant stemming before the ball is snapped. Uh, we haven't seen too many illegal procedure penalties in the first half, only one from uh, from Cedar Park, but uh, just bringing guys from everywhere. We've seen yep. Diego De Lavara lined up in the middle. We've seen him lined up on both sides, uh, bringing pressure from the outside. So just a lot of different looks from this Viper D and O, uh, causing mayhem for uh, Cedar Park. Vipers look uh, well poised uh, to have a strong year. This is a, a very auspicious beginning, I would say, first two games. Well, 34-3, your score here at the halftime break. We're going to take a quick break. For those of you watching on the video, we received numerous requests to shut up and let the band perform. So for those of you on the video, uh, we're going to, you're not going to hear us. You're just going to watch the band. You're probably better off, and uh, we'll come back and be with you on the radio side to continue our halftime show. You're listening to Vandegar Pipers Football on the Horn. Card my yard. When good news comes your way, skip the card and state the yard. It's the easiest way to decorate for any celebration. We do all the work for you. Book your order online and we'll set up the surprise and take down the decorations afterwards. Grand opening, anniversary, or any special occasion. Card my yard. 95 franchises throughout the U.S. Now a proud sponsor of your school. Visit cardmyyard.com today. Honey, when does the new dishwasher get here? The guy at the store said two weeks. Hey, Mom, how long until Grandma gets here? Hello, I brought in gelatas. Forget that. I need appliances now. At Appliances Now, we get you the appliances you need when you need them. That's why we offer next-day delivery and installation in Central Texas. Go to appliancesnow.com and shop online today. Talking to your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. 
So here's some drama you could share with your kids. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. My name is Jamie Bowles, and I was diagnosed with non-small cell lung cancer in December of 2018. Nobody would even know looking at me that I have stage 4 lung cancer, and I'm grateful for biomarker testing for that. When I was sitting down with my oncologist, there was already a state-of-the-art medication available that I was going to be put on right then and there. Ask your doctor how comprehensive biomarker testing before treatment may help you decide on the best treatment. Visit noonemissed.org to learn more. A public service message from Longevity Foundation. Hello, I'm Jay Winnick. On 9-11, I lost my brave brother, Glenn, in the collapse of the World Trade Center. Glenn was a volunteer firefighter who died in the line of duty. Glenn's bravery inspired me to help start the nonprofit that's turned September 11th into a national day of service. For 9-11 this year, please join me by doing what Glenn would have done, taking time to help others. Please visit 911day.org to learn more. Imagine if information came with a nutrition label. Then you'd know if what you're consuming has the right mix of verified facts, credible sources, and relevant context. But news and information doesn't come with a label. It's on us to develop a healthy news diet ourselves. Let's all resolve to strengthen our news literacy so we can make healthier choices about what news and information to consume, share, and act on. Test your news literacy fitness with our quiz at newslit.org. Exercise your right to be well-informed and get news lit fit. I'm Naheem Hines, proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom has muscular dystrophy, and the MDA helps her and kids like my buddy Ethan. My name is Ethan, and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. And MDA funds over 150 care centers for kids like me. For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and related neuromuscular diseases. Learn more at MDA.org today. Hello, I'm Scott Strauss. On 9-11, I was a New York City police officer assigned to finding survivors buried under the rubble of the World Trade Center. Those were difficult days, but what kept me going was seeing the way Americans joined together in unity. It didn't matter if you were a Democrat or a Republican or anything else. For 9-11 this year, now a National Day of Service, let's rekindle that spirit of unity by doing good deeds. Visit 911day.org to learn more. We didn't really talk about the weather. We did a little bit in the pregame, Brock. You're down in there on the sidelines. It's still probably in the mid-90s or so, but is it a little better than it was last week? Yeah, no, it's hot, but it's a lot <laughs> better than it was last week. But it's still hot. I mean, it's still like 99. But, right, right. Yeah. Well, the Viper marching band down to the field right now, and uh, Viper's in command of this in 34-3. Next week, we'll make the trip up to Belton to take on uh, Waco Midway in that beautiful stadium up there at Mary Harden Baylor and uh, looking forward to that for sure. Absolutely and now we're going to get to be serenaded by the two-time state champion, one-time national champion Viper Marching Band. Serenaded? Yes. These guys put on a show of epic proportions. Just wait. (laughs) These uh, 
set the bar pretty high there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's early in the season, so we're not going to see the full production, I don't think. But this looks like the middle school is coming out to join their bandmates at every row based on the instrument. Instrument. That's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of people on the field. <laughs> it is. Brock, you might be interested to know that. Uh, the, the band gets there uh, early, earlier every morning to work out. So when the football players show up, like, at, I don't know what they get there, maybe 7 o'clock, 6.30, the band has already been out there for, like, 45 minutes over there by the uh, high school walking through their stuff. So those guys put in a lot of time and a lot of effort. Yeah, no, you can tell they look good. That's why they're two-time state champions. And I think the reason they look good is because of all those middle schoolers, that, that constant replenishing as, as the seniors graduate. It's kind of like the football team. As the seniors graduate, there's another wave coming in to take over. So 34-3 to score. Vipers will close out non-district play next week, as I mentioned, up at Belton and Mary Harden-Baylor against uh, Waco Midway. And uh, then we will come back. I, I can't remember if the game is here or at uh, Kelly Reeves uh, against uh, Stony Point to get things started at the district. And... Vipers looking to go undefeated in district play again and make another run at it, so we shall see. So 34-3 your score. Let's go ahead and take a quick break, and hopefully we'll be back in time for the kickoff here. You are listening to Bannock and Vipers football on the horn. And we welcome you back to Monroe Memorial Stadium. 34-3 your score here at the end of the first half. Monroe Burchard here along with Hank Hudson, Hal Hudson on, I mean, Holden Hudson on. I had uh, two, two, two Darmody H's up here. Hank. I know. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, for doing that, Holden. It makes it a, b- a big difference. At least get some idea of, of what's going on down there in the field. And, you know, you can paint with a pretty big paintbrush in this one, Hank. The Vipers are just totally being dominant on both sides of football right now. That's very well said. Succinct and accurate. I mean, the Vipers really going into the second half in much the same kind of positions they were last week, just statistically dominant in terms of time of possession, efficiency on offense. I mean, you, when you when you go five for five, Merle, on offensive possession, scoring touchdowns, I mean, you've got only two penalties. You missed an extra point. Other than that, it's flawless. And the kickoff from Cedar Park goes into and out of the end zone. So the Vipers already up by 31 points. will take over first down 10 at their own 25-yard line. And we shall see here that the starters come out for maybe the first series or so. And then I think we're going to start to see. I hate to call him a backup, Drew Mustamaker. I mean, he is, he, I bet he would start at any other team in this district. That's probably right. And if the pattern holds, we will see the starters on both offense and de- defense for at least the first one or two series in the second half. But... After that, I think we can expect to see some backups if we can maintain the, the kind of performance we've seen. There was a little bit of a lull coming out of the second half last week, say, so yeah. uh, let's see if we can correct that. We'll see what they do in this first possession of the second half. And handoff left side. This is Zade Oliver, and he's going to be stacked up at the line of scrimmage. See the park flying to the football, stacking him up for no gain in the play, second down and ten. Nice job up front for the Cedar Park Timberwolves. They're not done with the proceedings yet. They are building for their district schedule as well. Looking to get better on this from this experience tonight. Play action swing over here to the Chilton on the near side of the 25 to the 30. And out across the 35, we're going to step out of bounds. As they stepped out of bounds at the 34. So it'll be about a yard shy after the nine-yard pickup and sets up a second down 
and one. Vipers going from left to right here in the second half in the all-black with the white numerals and the black helmet. Cedar Park in all-white and an emerald green numeral and sort of a chrome emerald green helmet, if you will. That time on the perimeter, Merle, it was number six, George Farley's turn to do an outstanding job setting a great block on the corner to pick up for the Vipers to pick up nine. So third down and one here from the 34-yard line. Double tied in on the right side. And the handoff to Oliver following those big guys up front. He's going to get it out to the 37-yard line. Stays on his feet. And they're going to call him dead. It'll be Coleman Golaflin with the stop, but not before a Viper first down. Also running the play for Cedar Park with Logan Wickets. Number 18, Bryce Altrudo, a senior tight end. Did a great job there. Seems like the Vipers have always got a tight end who can play. It sure but, seems like it. I mean, you've got to be able to block to play that spot in this Viper team as we are being serenaded now by Merle Bertrand's favorite song. That nasty song. That nasty song. Viper fan as a uh, Viper band as they are often doing right in front of the student section for that on a first down and 10 now from the 37-yard line. And Adams dropped back in the pass. He's got all day again. Now rolls to his left. Pumping, breaking traffic. Now he's got his brother behind the defense and batted away. Had him open. The ball hung up a little bit and Garrison Cockle hustling back out a piece of it just in the nick of time. Boy, you said it, Merle. All day to throw that time. The right tackle, Sam Perry, doing a tremendous job maintaining his block. If you can keep it, if you get off his line, you can maintain block in four, five, six, seven seconds. Maintain engagement with the defensive lineman. It's extremely difficult to do because they're making that upfield push. But Sam Perry that time in total control on that right side. So second down and 10 from the 37-yard line. Two receivers wide left, one to the near side. Cedar Park showing pressure from the edge. Vipers run away from it. Pass it to the near side. Incomplete. Little low. Jordan Oliver. Wearing the number 11. Trying to flip that out the shoot tops, unable to do so. Third down and 10. Also getting a look at number 44, Kent Sullivan, as a running back in that last couple of plays. He's Oliver. only a junior. Oliver back in now. It's the Vipers have trips in a triangle on the left side. One receiver here to the right. Now they send Oliver in motion. This is going to be a wide receiver screen to him on the left. Maybe. Nope. Adams is going to step up to the right and fires on the right side, batted away. Try to get it to Chilton, but Jack Garrett got a hand in there and a good start to the drive, but it stalls out here at the 37-yard line. Vandergrift, this will be the first part of the night, correct? Yes, indeed. Unfamiliar territory, although I think we've got the same punter as place kicker. It's Noah Kahlberger, so he's he should be limber <laughs> after, after having to kick off five times in that first half. Average 41.8 yards per punt, put two out of four inside the 20-yard line last week. And this one, angled towards the right sideline, takes a viper roll and bounces out of bounds. Oh, stayed inbounds. Man, oh, man. When it's going your way, it's going your way. All the way down to the 10-yard line. That's going to go in the books as a 63-yard punt with no return. They travel about 35 in the air, and then just kind of hop-skipped along the near sideline. Number 22, Aiden Jones, the junior defensive back down there to down it. It looked like Kohlberger... Er, uh, Colbert. Cal, how do you say his name? Col- Colbert, I believe. Colbert. Yeah. It looks like he kicked it like he was trying to pass it, like a, a kick pass, right. like an Australian news football. <laughs> it nearly <laughs> hit number 22, the coverage guy in the head, Aiden Jones. Well executed. 
So Cedar Park takes it over. Baird at their own 16-yard line. Their first possession of the second half. Arf swings it out here to the near side. Complete up the sideline of the 20. Stiff arm and hit out of bounds at the 21-yard line. Swing it on the left side to Blake Stuber. It's going to be good for about a four-yard pickup, second and six. Number 13, Hollister Stevens. Off to a really good start. Merle, the junior defensive back. Big shoes to fill. In that boundary corner position. Sanders talked about him in pregame remarks. Stretch now wide right for Art, and he's going to hand it off. Up the middle, and a bounce to the right side. Gets the corner turn out to the 25. Stays on his feet and lunges out to the 26 yard line. They're going to say 25 is where the knee touched down. That was Trey Hill, number 21 on the carry. It's going to bring up a third and one. Big hit that time by the corner on the other side, number four, Bryson Carter, another first-time starter this year. Those guys look like they've been doing it their whole lives. So a big challenge here for the Viper defense. You've got to challenge yourself and find your own goals. They want to get off the field here in third and one from the 25-yard line. The game not much in doubt, but you try to win the play. Bunch formation and pushing it across the pile and into the Viper secondary. Great push that time by the Cedar Park line out to the 37-yard line. Wow. Big push play like a rugby scrum. Seeing more and more in that formation and concept at the pro level. Philadelphia Eagles picked up a lot of short yardage situations doing the same type of look. So Massive humanity. So first down and 10 for the T-Wolves at the 37-yard line as they pick up the first down. To receive the center of the near side, one wide right. Handoff, bounces it to the right side and going to be knocked down at the 40. Gain of about three, going to bring up a second down and seven. What was old is new again. I mean, they used to call that the wedge play back in the good old days. Cruz Carasquillo making a nuisance of himself on that left side. Also, <laughs> number 10, that man, he, Diego Delavara Vasquez. Second and seven, Art dropping back. Pocket breaks down, dumps it over the right side, and it goes incomplete. And that'll bring up a third down and seven for the Cedar Park offense. Well, the Vipers really getting an upfield push. A great job on the edges that time. Cruz Carasquillo on the left side at number 40. Deshaun Morgan. They're not rushing more than three guys on that particular play, and if you can get that kind of upfield push with just three, right. it makes life very difficult for an opposing offense. So third and seven from the 40. 8-14 to go third quarter. Vipers up 34-3. Just to the near side. Arp dropping back, looking. Pocket breaks down, rolls to his right. Directing traffic. Now fires over the center of the field and caught at the 40-yard line and knocked out at the 37. Nice job by Aiden Arp buying himself some time. I'm trying to see who hauled that football in for Cedar Park. Waiting for him to turn around so I can get a look at the number. Number 13 they're receiving in this Gavin Choppa. Did a great job staying with that route. Came all the way across the field to help his quarterback out. So first down and 10 for the T-Wolves. Arp rolling to his right. Pump fake. Now he is going to scamper out of bounds at about the 36. Pick up three yards on the place. Brings up a second and seven. He's a handy player. Yeah, he is. He's going to cause people fits in that 5A district. Cedar Park getting something going here. 
This will be the seventh play of the drive. Second down and eight. Ball spotted at the 36-yard line. 7.42 to go, third quarter, 34-3. Cedar Park putting the drive together here. Arts dropping back. Pressure coming up the middle, steps up over to the near side and just got rid of it. He had in his face that was David Overhauser again. Well, I'll tell you what, he made a great inside move there. So much upfield pressure to the outside. The tackle trying to set there a hinge step and negate that upfield move. And Overhauser just took a hard inside stunt and virtually unblocked. So third and eight, Cedar Park probably in Fort on territory here, trailing a big stop, clock stop, 7.36 to go third quarter. Third down and eight coming up from the Viper 37-yard line. Art dropping back, pressure coming again. Flushed out of the pocket, rolls over the right side, had to throw it away. He had Ben Boer chasing him down that time. It's not one guy, it's another. Well, the Vipers are so disciplined with their gap integrity. That time, Overhauser clearly making an outside move to pull that tackle and create a blitz lane there. Number five, Blaine Becker ran into oh, a lot of open space. I apologize, yeah. yeah. A lot of open space. Had the wrong killer B. Fourth and eight, Cedar Park going to go for it here. One receiver wide right to the near side. Harp dropping back. Pressure coming from the corner again, and he spins out of it, rolling to his right, looking downfield, and he just has to throw that one away. The Viper defense comes up huge. That time he had Porter Udy. First time we've had a chance to call his name tonight. So three different plays, Hank, three different Vipers in hot pursuit. They just keep coming, Merle. Fresh horses, fresh legs, Viper D. Looking salty. That's nine plays and a turnover on downs. Not doing much for the Cedar Park Timberwolf offensive efficiency rating. Uh, they did manage to matriculate down the field a bit, but couldn't come up with the answer. And another zero for Cedar Park. Mm. Viper offense on the field again. First down 10 from their own 36-yard line with 7.20 to go in this third quarter. One receiver left to the near side. Adams in the shotgun. It's in Skolgood in motion. Oliver lined up to his right. Play action. Swings it out here to the near side. It's choking on the edge of the 35. Gets a block in the edge. A flag comes down at the 44-yard line. Eight-yard pickup, but we will check the flag. That's going to be holding on Jordan Oliver, but it's a close call. Very close call. He had him pinned inside, and I think he might have just got, uh, with his hand placement, a little bit outside. The referee allowing no margin for error there, but he's been doing such a fantastic job blocking over there. It's it's a wonder he hadn't been holding the the entire time, but he hasn't been. So it's a spot foul. Three yards up the field, so it'll be first and 17 now. Jadrian Smith is checked in at left guard. Jacob Henry. Other than that, you've got your regular starter, Sam Perry at right tackle. Gage Garrison, right guard. Wylan Risden, number 63, the center. And, of course, big Blake Frazier on the left. The first and 17 from the 29-yard line now for the Vipers. Throwing the motion right to left is by Samaniago. Adams hand off to Oliver straight up the middle. Gets some of it back. About a three-yard pickup. It's going to bring up a second and 13. Hey, Hank, here's a halftime score for you. Not basketball season yet, but it might be out in Liberty Hill. 47-36 Liberty Hill over Hutto at the half. At the half. At the half. 
Liberty Hill and the Old A Defense Bowl. <laughs> Goodness. Still running the slot T out there, aren't yes, they? Yes, they are. If you haven't seen that, ladies and gentlemen, it's worth checking out at least once. Second down and 13. If you haven't broadcast it, don't. Second down and 13 from the 33. It's like trying to, it's like a shell game. Adam is in the back set. Now he's going to step up, roll to his left, buying some time. And the flag comes down. Well, after the play, Adam steps out of bounds at the 38-yard line. That was an odd flag. I didn't really see anybody. I didn't see anybody engage when he threw it. There must have been some activity going on he didn't like before that. But you know, with Deuce moving around there, he's so fluid. Yeah. So that should make it now second and 23. The difficult thing about a guy like Deuce, and you know, Vanderbilt has had mobile quarterbacks before, but it puts a lot of pressure on the offensive line when they start moving around like that because you've got your hand placement going one way. Right. If the defensive lineman changes his angle of attack, you might end up having your hands in the, in the wrong spot. But Piper's getting called pretty close here right now. you really got to keep an eye on your lineman for not drifting down the field if you don't know what he's going to do. Yes, indeed. So second down and 23 ball spotted back here at the 23-yard line. Two receivers left, one to the near side. Now comes in motion. He's going to split out here to the near side, right along the sideline. So it's an empty back set for Adams, dropping back. Pressure come from the edge, picked up nicely. Complete to Oliver at the 35-yard line. Digging for more, and he's going to fall out to the 36, and it's going to make it a manageable third down and 10. 13-yard reception for Jordan Oliver. Great tackle that time by number 20, Ben Ramos. As Oliver is fighting to break loose for additional yards, and Ramos is hung on. Looks like he did a little bit of a calf rope in there. Well, on a night where they're honoring Grayland Spring number 11, it's only fitting it. a number 11 makes a catch. Yes, indeed. Third down and 10 from the 36-yard line. Adams dropping back, looking. Pocket breaks down. Rolster's right step through the pressure. And fires on the near side in and out of the hands of the intended target. Scoglin trying to come back. That's another solid play by yeah. Ben Ramos as he went through the hands there. That's what you teach your defensive backs is you want to shoot the hands. As soon as you see the ball coming in or you see the receiver making his hand uh, placement for the catch, you want to shoot through the hands to try and deflect the ball. And exactly what he did there, a great defensive play. So fourth and ten, call bear set to punt it away again. Better punt this time. End over end, fair catch call for made at the 37-yard line. And that's where Cedar Park will start here with 5.32 to go. And kind of like last week, Hank, the Vipers racing after that big beat. They're not playing poorly, but they're, they're just not dominating like they did in the first half. Very, very accurate sentiment, Merle. Want to, uh, shout out, number 22, Aiden Jones, is impressing me on special teams. He's one of those guys that's the first guy down there, first responder on special teams. He's always in the mix of things. His nose around the football. At their own 38-yard line, 5.32 to go third quarter. Viper defense back out on the field. Hand off up the middle and a quick play for a yard or two before. Nice tackle. That looks like a new linebacker there. Where do they keep finding these guys? <laughs> That's number 42, Adam Scott, announcing his presence with authority. He's only a junior. Second and eight. Receivers to the right side, one to the near side for Arp. Dropping back the pass. 
Looking fine over the center field. Caught at the 42. Stacked up there and knocked down at the 44-yard line. Good open field tackle by Sebastian Cavetton to set up a third down at about four to go. He said it, Merle. Great open field tackle. These Vipers are carrying on the tradition of being a team that really tackles the football well. Gang tackling another Viper pick as the gang tackling continues. Had a hand there from Dylan Linehan, number 52. First now wide right and moving on the lines. That'll cost Cedar Park five yards and make it a third and eight. We talked about that at halftime, didn't we, Merle? Yep. All that activity up on the up on the line. So what this does for you right here, you go from a third and three to a third and eight. Is that really different situation in terms of your play calling? And so... These small things, these small intangible things really make a difference for this Viper team. I don't think anybody does it better at the high school level. And they've done it that way for years. Third down and eight from the 39-yard line. Setting up a screen pass and overshot his intended target. And that may have been a fortunate misfire there for Joshua Pesci because there were three black shirts holding in like missiles on him. And I think he part of the problem there is he had to get that over the outstretched maw of number 47, <laughs> David Olderhauser, who's proving to be something of a nuisance for the Cedar Park defense. He just, he hadn't made any tackles for loss, but he's been involved in some uh, pressures and doing a good job uh, with his setting his force, gap integrity, always solid for these Vipers. He's having a good game. Punning meter out again for the T-Wolves. Good snap back. Pressure coming from the edge. They almost got to it, but does get it away, and it's going to roll around inside the 10. Going to be down at the 7-yard line. So a good punt there for Cedar Park. That was kind of shooty getting the job done. Pins the Vipers down deep at their 7-yard line with 4 minutes, 4 seconds to go. I think that was number 20, Scott Buchanan. Nearly got to that one, didn't he, Merle? Yeah, he came within a fingertip. But he took a good angle. He took that angle where if you don't get there, you're not going to run into the punter. We saw that last week. Exactly right. Quite certain that was a coaching point that was emphasized. Yep. I would imagine so. Don't forget the email is open, voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. That looks like the number one unit. Yeah, except by back end running back is Kent Sullivan again, the junior, joining Deuce Adams and company. That's your, your five hog mollies that started the game. And Jay Skoglin. I think he wants to see these guys put together another drive here before he comes out of the game. Pass one over here to the near side to Chilton. That play has worked well tonight, but this time not so much. As reading it well and knocking him down was Garrett Nichols. No gain in the play, second and ten. Well, but then at that time, they've had plenty of opportunities. Been running that quick screen a lot tonight. They gave him one, so second and nine up to the, the eight-yard line. Piper's looking a lot better this second half, at least, Merle, in terms of the exchanges. The, had a little trouble with the center snaps last week. That's true. fatigue yeah. set in. But Adams dropping back. Now he's going to step up. Giving ground back to the four-yard line. And fires over the left side. Well out of bounds. Nice job there by Deuce Adams. Smart play. Avoids the sack. Doesn't put his team in danger with a big lead. Yeah, did a good job falling backwards. Managed to get that one out of the field of play. Pass the line of scrimmage. Reset. 
no loss. Well, big Blake Frazier's looking formidable on that left tackle's position tonight. He's really doing a great job one-on-one -on -one against the defensive end from Cedar Park. I'd like to draw that assignment. You go up against the University of Michigan guy, okay? Adams dropping back, looking to his right. Now he's going to step up and dies across the 10. Almost a late hit, and the helmet comes off, so Adams would have to come out, but it's a fourth down anyway. You know what? That's a good job of positional awareness, field awareness. Not a field mural where you want to force something right inside your own red zone. So maybe just time to eat one and live to fight another day. And it's to pick up about four yards, but yeah, he he was in the clear and could have let it go, but he just decided to eat it, and I think that's the right decision. That's a mature looking player. Yeah, I agree. You've got you got it out to the twelve yard line, let your opponent come out here, call a bear, and throw it about four yards down the field. Low snap gets it out of the end zone. It's a high punt. And a dangerous catch made at the forty two yard line, but it was made nicely by Garrett Nichols. And Cedar Park will start this drive in Viper territory at the forty two yard line. So this will be a good test for the Vanderbilt defense here at two forty four to go third quarter up thirty four to three. You know, there's a lot of guys in these Viper squads that can multitask, and I just noticed that uh, 55 is the deep snapper on punts. That's Ben Boer, your linebacker. These linebackers think they can kick. They think they can deep snap. I mean, what's what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> Football players. He receives to the right one of the near side. Art. Play action. Turns it out to the right side. Complete on the right side. And knocked down at the 40-yard line for a one-yard pickup. That'll bring up a second down and nine, and we'll pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to Vanderbilt football, football on the horn. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the horn. Second down and nine. Art dropping back, swings it over to the right side, complete to the 31 yard line, very near the first down marker. It will depend on the spot. And yeah, looks like they. Well, the official keeps moving. Yep, they're going to give it to him the first down. Good job on the tackle, but number 13 is not getting up fast. Hollis receiving. Play before that, Merle, number four, Bryson Carter, the, the other cornerback. Outstanding job defending that quick screen. And if we haven't called his name that much, which is true. That means that they're not throwing at him. Yeah. So, good job on defense here. But the number of first down, it looks like. And Stevens getting up and walking off the field, limping a little bit, but seems to be okay. So it'll be first down and 10 4 Cedar Park at the Viper 31 yard line with two minutes and eight seconds left to go in this third quarter. Get a Cole Dixon back at the studio. Christina Weber, my better half, watching the video. We've had some internet issues on both sides tonight, so not sure what's going on. Could have something to do with the thousands and thousands of people here at the stadium. Dropping back, Arp looking. Pocket breaks down, rolls to his right, fires underneath him, and juggles and drops. Hearing the footsteps that time was a Trey Hill. That's a sophomore. Well, that was a rather sophomoric-looking uh, effort. He had it turned up field before he had secured the football. Yep. Number 22, our special teams player, Aiden Jones, he's 
deputizing now in that boundary corner position. Got a couple of new defensive backs in there. Number 15, Riker Skoglin. And number 16, Jack Hoerkamp. Second down and 10 from the 31-yard line. Arp dropping back, looking. Sets up on the right side, complete. And makes the first guy miss. Guy's out of the 26-yard line. That'll be good for about a five-yard pickup. And sets up a third and five. And three, Sebastian Cavetton over there. Couldn't wrangle him, but did manage to get him out of bounds. Up front, we're getting a look at big number 73 at that nose tackle spot. That is Scotty Frazier. He looks like a trash can full of dirt in there. <laughs> Hank Hudson, third down <laughs> and five. Arp rolling to his left. And he's going to slide. Kind of an awkward slide at the 20. He could decide whether to slide or take one more step. And I'm Okay, good. I'm glad he's getting up because that looked really kind of weird. That was an awkward-looking slide, wasn't it? It was. Fourth and one. Getting a look at Jacob Henry on defense. is putting in an additional defensive lineman to combat the scrum play, the wedge. They've got a lot of humanity, 22 guys there. They're going to pass out of it, got the receiver open, and complete, but they undershot him. Would have had a touchdown. And everybody bunched up, looked like a couple of huddles and a rugby scrum. You know, I don't think he needed to be in that big of a hurry, Merle. I agree. He was backpedaling and threw it off his back foot. Otherwise, the the tight end there would have walked into the end zone. That's number 88, Joshua Petchy again. But as it is, it's good enough for a first down. Yeah, they do pick up the first down. First and goal now at about the eighth. But that would have been a touchdown right there with a better throw football. Clock ticking down. That's going to be the end of the third quarter. So a scoreless third quarter is in the books. 36 minutes left to go. Or 36 minutes in the book, 8 minutes, 12 minutes left to go in this one. 34 to 3 your score. Cedar Park knocking on the door when we come back. The Liz Center 2, Van Hagen Football on the Horn. Hey, folks, I want to tell you guys about my favorite Longhorn Apparel Collection, which is available at one of my favorite places to shop, the 40 Acres Apparel Collection at the University of Texas Co-op. The 40 Acres Collection offers exclusive and custom-designed apparel for the whole family. Limited edition, trendy, fashionable luxury apparel with wicking and SPF 50 that enhance comfort and is easy care. Also, the 40 Acres Apparel is the gift that gives back. They've made a financial commitment to the University Co-op course and the field scholarship for Longhorn students, a great brand contributing to a great cause. Get geared up today with 40 Acres Apparel and hook them Divided Sky Roofing and Solar, your go-to experts for roofing and solar solutions. You've heard me raving about Divided Sky Roofing and Solar's top-notch roofing services, but did you know they're also your ultimate full-service solar company? After enduring the hottest summer in Central Texas history, we all felt the heat in our wallets. Say goodbye to paying the power company and start paying yourself with a brand-new Timberline Solar Shingle Roof. Divided Sky Roofing and Solar. Visit DividedSkyAustin.com, 512-995-ROOF. Texas license, TECL 37. 397. See the park knocking on the door as we come back here. 34 to 3. Now going left to right. First and goal from the 8 yard line. One receiver to the left, two to the near side for the T Wolves. Arp in the shotgun, dropping back, looking, pump fake, fires over the right side, and caught at the one, trying to dig towards the goal line. Did he get it in? Not yet. 
It's going to be second down and goal at the one-yard line. I think we're going to get to see the wedge play again, Merle, if my crystal ball holds up, you think? I think you're right. That was Carter Wool on the reception. Now it's second down and goal. Up under center, pushing the pile forward. Everybody's leaning on everybody. And it's into the end zone. Touchdown, Cedar Park. Well, I think we are seeing an emerging trend with that formation and look. So they've been, I would say, marginally or relatively successful doing well, that so far. Am I losing my mind or was it up to a couple of years ago? You couldn't do that. You couldn't push a running back well, or a you, quarterback. I, that's one of those rules I just don't think they've ever enforced. Right. And there was some talk in the NFL about making a change. Uh, but, you know, until, until the guys in the striped shirts start calling it or directed to by some kind of rule change, I think you're going to see more of it. Gary knocks the extra point through, and with 11.24 to go in the fourth quarter, Cedar Park has got their first touchdown of the night, and they pulled it within 24. The three-possession game not out of the realm of possibility, Hank. But, you know, this game is not over yet. And we've got three quarters of football played so far for the Vipers, and we have no touchdowns or no points scored in the second half this season. That's a good point. So this is the time where I think we need to put together something and demonstrate some polish in the second half. Because last, last week was a bit of a sputter. Yep. Coming out, and this, you know, so far this week, it's been even more of a sputter. I mean, you go five for five on, on scoring drives, touchdown scoring drives in the first half. And so far this half, we've got three possessions and three punts. So not what the doctor ordered. I would be willing to bet... You know, I'm not a, much of a gambler, Merle, but I'd be willing to bet at least one dollar that we're going to see the um, bulk of the starting unit in again. I think you're right. They want to get something yeah. positive here in the second half. Because to your point, it's a three-score game, which 11 and a half minutes left is certainly a margin that can be made up. There's a lot of time left in this game. So we'll see what Cedar Park does here. Do they kick it deep and? Put the defense back on the field. They struggled in the first half, but they played better in the second half. And they rolled the dice and tried to onside I, kick it. I was just thinking, if, you know, if you've got an onside kick in the arsenal, this would be the time to do it. And yeah. we may be seeing it here because look at the look at what we're doing here. Line up on the all the way on the left hash, mm-hmm. and I think Merle Stradamus Bertrand <laughs> has predicted yet another solar eclipse. Gary with the football on the 40-yard line. A lot of hands up front for the Vipers waiting across the midfield strike. And there's four made right there at the 27-yard line. Alertly done. And hauled in nicely by Bryce Samaniago. And the Vipers will take over first down 10 to the 28-yard line. With 11 minutes, 24 seconds left in this one, up 34 to 10. Trying to pooch that into an area where there's nobody at home, but the Vipers look to have their hands unit out there. Going to get good starting field position here. Heads up play there, calling for the fair catch. That's the right thing to do in that situation. 
So now we're going to get a look at Drew Mestermaker, the senior quarterback. Let's see if he can spark this offense a little bit. Good opportunity for him to get some quality time against a good defense. First down, 10 at the 33-yard line. Played some defense tonight because he's too good of an athlete to keep on the sidelines. That's a testament to that young man's ability and interest, willingness to help out the team. Swings it out to the right side, complete out to the 35, up to the 40. On a little swing pass, that's going to be good for about an eight-yard pickup. We got a flag down on this side, and that looked like a late hit on the opposite side. I don't right. know what's going on. Watch Chilton on the receiving end. We may have a sideline interference penalty or warning. Let's see what's going on down here. I wasn't totally enamored with that play going out of bounds on the other side. The seven-yard pickup for now. The ball spotted at the 40, but the officials talking it over. What can you say about uh, Messermaker? I mean, in this situation, Drew Messermaker, uh, the only thing that you really need to do as far as a, a commentary about the way he's viewed on the team is that he was elected a team captain. Right, right. And so, you know, that's a vote by the players and also the coaches. And, you know, he's been he's been a part of this Four Points community. I think I heard somebody say since the second or third grade. Right. Came all the way up. Personal foul against the Vipers. Hmm. I didn't see it. I didn't either. The head linesman on this side threw it, so that's not the start you want. You know, you get a loss of down there, too. Second down and a, a bunch. Country Ball mile. Back at the 17, they've got to get it out to the 44, so. I'm waiting for the school board to figure it out so I don't have to. They're still saying first down, so it must have happened before. Yes. So that's a bit of a silver lining. 22, second and 25, first and 25 is what it'll be. First down and 25. Chelsea coming in motion right to left. The snap over Messmaker's head. He picks it up. He's going to go down back to the 12-yard line. Well, I might have jinxed him talking about the snap. <laughs> clean. Looks like most of the starters are up there. Uh, left, we're getting a good look at the left guard. But Jacob Henry's coming back into the game. That's a loss of six now. It's a second and 31. Vipers going the wrong way here. The only good news is the clock is continuing to roll up 34 to 10. Yeah, in this situation, I think we're going to see a couple of runs, Merle. Flip flop the tight ends on either side. Master Maker dropping back, looking. Firing over the center of the field and out to try to get it to Chilton. Looked like the defensive back might have got there a little bit early through that thread of the needle. And Chilton took hits from both sides. Ball's incomplete, third down. That shows what I know. They went ahead and let it rip. Does stop the clock, 10 20, 27 remaining in the game. Now you're in a third and 25. Now that's unfortunate. You would have had a second and three without that penalty, and that yeah. really put them way behind the chains. Third and 25, now trips to the near side. One receiver wide right. Mestermaker hands it off up the middle, and not much running in there. Off to the 15, maybe to get a couple yards. Going to make it a fourth down at about three. Is that 48? Nope, that's number 35 on the carry. That is Tate Stevens, the senior running back. Picks up three yards on the play. Sets up a fourth and 28. Well, four possessions, four punts so far for the Vipers. 
And only a handful, maybe two or three first downs in that entire sequence. They got a first down on the first drive, one on the second. So there's only two first downs so far this half for the Vipers offense that came out firing in all cylinders. Clock from the near side and takes a Viper roll out of bounds at the 48-yard line. So that puts the field a little bit. See the Bucs will get it back with 9.40 to go in the fourth quarter. I think what you worry about is that it becomes a mental thing. You know, you don't want a good team going into the locker room and just starting just to play thinking, I can't do anything in the second half. I'm doing something wrong. That's a good point. That's a good point. There's a lot of coaching opportunities in every football game, Merle, and yeah. I think that will be uh, emphatically relayed to this Viper squad. Going in, let's see if the Viper D can bail us out again. No, first down and 10, four seat apart, going left to right from the 48-yard line. Art steps through the attempted sack and gets it across the midfield strike. Not now there at the 44-yard line. That was a nice play by Art. Vipers had him dead to right. Somehow he managed to pick up eight yards on the play, second and two. That's a great example by Art of having eyes in the back of your head, Merle. Right. He ducked out of that rush because he looked certain to be brought down for a sack there. Ben Boer, number 55, coming in with a full head of steam. Lock rolling, coming up in the nine-minute mark. Second down and two-seater park at the Viper 44. Harp, handoff up the middle. That's going to be good for a first down inside the 40, down to the 38-yard line. Hard running there by Trey Hill, the sophomore running back. He's a good-looking player. They're going to have that backfield back next year as a senior and a junior, respectively. Cedar Park can move some people around up there. They've just got to make a bunch of big hog mollies on their own offensive line. First and 10 at the 39-yard line. Low snap. Bar picks it up off the ground and chunks it out to the left side. Completes to the 39 and drops for maybe a yard pickup. Viper's doing a great job staying home. That was uh, Sebastian Cavetton out there along with, I think that's 61 Ian Lick. Lick. Yeah. Oh, Ian, man, he can he can really move for a big guy, can he? <laughs> he can. He's, I mean, he had to run about 15, 20 yards to get in on that tackle. Showing a real nose for the football. And he's been a solid, solid player for the Vipers in the middle of that defensive line. Second and nine from the Viper 38. Two receivers left to the near side. Dropping back, looking downfield. Pines going to the left side, got a receiver open and caught at the 22-yard line. Great hands out there by Blake Suber. And a well-thrown football by Arp over the short guy and in front of the deep guy. And it's a first down Timberwolves. It's another small window to throw in, but Arp delivers. He's seems like his favorite route right there is that yeah. little outside wheel or go just in between the safety and corner. Dropping back now, Arp in pressure. Fires over to the right side and threw that one away. Intended target, Carl Wool, but pressure coming from the back side. Forced him to get rid of the football. Got to bring up a second down and 10. Viper's showing a little fatigue here, Merle. Yeah. This is going to be the sixth or seventh play on this drive. So, got some hands-on hit late in the game. Time to see what you're made of right here if you're the Viper's D. I like to see the Parker's pushing them a little bit. 747 to go. Arp, handoff up the middle. And upended at as he crossed the 20-yard line, dies down to about the 16. It's going to set up a third down and five. Sebastian Cavetton with another tackle. Steps up well, but 
you know, when you've got that guy making a tackle, he's not going to be at the point of attack till about three or four yards in the field. But right. did a good job getting him down. Cedar Park finding some running room inside. They play here, third and six from the Viper 17. Clock rolling, coming up on the seven-minute mark in this fourth and final quarter. Vipers up, 34 to 10. Cedar Park trying to make it interesting here. Bootleg to the right, now looking back to the left. Got a receiver in the far corner. The end zone call, oh, knocked away at the last third. He hang on to it. He did hang on to a touchdown. That's that same route, Merle. Yep. A little outside wheel just settling in between the corner and the safety. And and the quarterback for Cedar Park there, uh, he does a good job with his eyes, Merle. That's Aiden Arp. He looking to the right, and then that's a throwback, a bit of a throwback. He wants to get the safety over to the middle of the field a bit more. Uh, did a good job there holding that one and delivering right into another small window. But here we go. we got a two-score game with seven minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Actually, I'm kind of surprised. It's a three-score game. Three-score game, sorry. 34-17, they kicked it instead of going for two. Yes, that is unusual, but maybe they pick it on the next one. Yep. So we'll take a quick break, see how the Vipers can get something going here. You're listening to Randy Get Vipers Football on the Horn. Seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care? Contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Our physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spine care, sports medicine, trauma care, joint replacement, rheumatology, and more. Whether it's a mobility or movement issue or a traumatic injury, our goal is to get you back to good health and quality of life. Visit us at TXOrtho.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. Texas Orthopedics, the largest independent orthopedic practice in Central Texas. Hey, folks, I want to tell you guys about my favorite Longhorn Apparel Collection, which is available at one of my favorite places to shop, the 40 Acres Apparel Collection at the University of Texas Co-op. The 40 Acres Collection offers exclusive and custom-designed apparel for the whole family. Limited edition, trendy, fashionable luxury apparel with wicking and SPF 50 that enhance comfort and is easy care. Also, the 40 Acres Apparel is the gear that gives back. They've made a financial commitment to the University Co-op course material scholarship for Longhorn students, a great brand contributing to a great cause. Get geared up today with 40 Acres Apparel and hook them home. Six minutes, 59 seconds left in this one. Vipers up 34 to 17 by Cedar Park. The five-yard line up to the 10. Chilton trying to get the corner turned at the 15 and does a little bit, steps out of bounds at the 20. Pretty nice return there. By the sophomore, Brock Chilton. Now you got me saying it that way. Sophomore. <laughs> yeah. Who was the uh, Keith Jackson's one? Yes. Always used yeah. to say sophomore. Well, I don't understand. Merle Bertrand, you pointed it out. I don't understand why they don't go for two there because, you know, right now you've got a. I mean, this is a this is a still a three score game. Right. And based on the you know the the cheat sheet card, they should have gone for two. So they really did the Vipers a favor there. I'm sure Viper fans listening are saying I'm a little nervous that we're even talking like that because we had this game well in hand at 34-3, to and Cedar Park has fought back to make it at least interesting. We'll see if the Vipers can respond here. One to see the wide right, one to the near side. Mestamaker in the shotgun. Handoff up the middle. Good running by Sullivan. This time out across the 25, and he gets it out to the 30-yard line. That's going to fly comes flying in late. But a nice hard run there by Kent Sullivan off right tackle. We'll check the flag. It's an eight-yard pickup for now. I don't know what that could be. 
came in from one of the back judges. Hmm. The Vipers. Looks like this is going to go against the Vipers. Hmm. Wow. Holding. Vipers in a little bit of self-destruct mode yeah. on the penalties, especially, Merrill. That is their fifth penalty of the half. The spot foul puts the ball back to the 20-yard line and makes it first down and 11. They cannot get out of the way. That's the second time. Second straight drive that started out with a penalty to wipe out a nice pickup on first down. Well, this is a bit flat. There's no other way to say it. Need to get some momentum going in the other direction. One receiver wide right. Now a little confusion. Mustermaker gets the guys lined up the way he wants them. Handoff, off left tackle. Now bounce to the outside. And up to the 25-yard line. Pretty nifty run there to pick up five yards on the play. I didn't see who the carrier was. Is that the Sullivan again? Yep, 44. So going to make up a second and six now. Got two tight ends on the same side. you got to love that if you're an old tight end. Right. It's Scoglin and his buddy, number 18. That's Bryce Altrudo. Oh, second down and six to receive the city on the other side. One split wide right. Play action. Must to make a roll into his right. Buying himself some time. Fires over to the right side. Got a receiver underthrown. Deflected away. Try to get it down the field to George Farley. And as a flag down. Ah, what in the world? Flag down near where the ball came down. Cole McLaughlin on the cover for Cedar Park. We'll see who this is against. This is a big call here. Yeah. I don't know what it could be except offensive pass interference based on what we just saw. They're going to wave it away. They're going to pick it up. So no flag in the play. This goes in and the books is in incompletion. And so it's up a third and six. Well, that would have been a really dicey call if you're going to try and call offensive pass interference. Yeah. Look at that blood moon over there coming up, Merle. Oh, wow. There it is. Sure enough. Third down and six, and Vipers need to convert this. Two receivers wide right, one of the near side. Mustamaker in the shotgun. Dropping back, looking. Fires underneath, and complete to the 35-yard line, out to the 37. That's going to be a first down to Eli Adams. Adams doing a good job with a nice rod, making himself a big, wide target there. And it's the first down Vandegas. Boy, they need that. Oh, that's a great route. Stopped on a dime, well past the line to gain for the first down, and what a strike by Drew Messermaker there. Had some time to throw, made a good throw. So first and ten. Great route running by Eli Adams. Yeah. Such good body control. It's not easy to stop on a dime like that. Two receivers wide right, one of the near side. Must make with the first set of downs to work with. Hand off, up the middle. And not much running there. Maybe fell forward for a yard. On the carry once again, number 35 for the Vipers. That is Tate Stevens. They give him a yard, second and nine. Seen four different running backs carry the ball tonight. That's a right. good sign. Really nice job by Zayda Oliver tonight. Fournier looking good. He has, didn't get as many snaps tonight as last week, but he's looked good as well. 
now the Vipers milking that play clock down. We'll get a look at the four-minute offense for Vandegrift. They in no hurry to get that play clock down to about five seconds. Snap it with four. Handoff up the middle. Big hole across the 40 to the 45. Stays on his feet across the 50-yard line and knocked down at the 49-yard line. Hard running there by Kent Sullivan. That's going to be good for a Viper first down in the Cedar Park territory. Great job up front by your big hog, Marlies. That's your starting offensive unit. Great ball security. Love yes. the way he's carrying that football high and tight. Five points of contact, Merle. You want to have your fingers, your palm, your forearm, your bicep, and your chest all contacting the ball. Five points of contact, carrying high and tight. Make sure don't put that ball on the carpet at this point in the game. First down and 10 from the Cedar Park 49-yard line. One to super wide right, one to the near side. Mester Maker in the shotgun. Hand off again. Bounces to the near side. Cuts it up to the 45. And banged out of bounds at the 41-yard line. Sullivan again. Well, there's a lot of bodies flying after the whistle has blown and no flags. Nope. Gain of eight, second and two. Jacob Henry, number 50, the left guard, having an extended discussion. <laughs> with number 44, Alex Grayson, the senior defensive lineman. Those guys have been butting heads all night. I'm sure they'll be exchanging addresses for Christmas oh, cards sure. after the game. I'm sure. Eight-yard pickup, second and two from the 41. Viper slowly putting together a good drive here. Most of it on the ground. Handoff. Passes unless that breaks a tackle. And Sullivan down to the 35. That's going to be good for another Vandica first down. Nice looking run. Nice job right there by number 18, Bryce Altrudo. Another one of those tight ends we talked about. Yeah, looks like we might have a, a timeout. We got an injury. We got an injury timeout here. One of the Cedar Park players is down. Looks like he might be cramping up. So break on. No man. Now we're going to keep it here. He got up. So we'll keep it here. That's Garrison Cockrell, senior defensive back. Can't imagine why anybody would be cramping up in this. Uh, oh, can't imagine. I mean, you know, this. What do you think? It's 115 degrees down there in the field. <laughs> I mean, it is hot. I love it when you start saying stuff like those. Only 99 degrees. <laughs> well, Hank talked about it. Let's get a shot. They got it up on the scoreboard. There's that moon. The super blue moon two nights ago. You know what a super blue moon is? Well, I uh, didn't until two days ago, and I looked up into the heavens just like everybody else. I didn't either. I'm a big-time space geek. I had to look it up myself. I got a telescope during COVID. We were in lockdown. Yeah. It's amazing what you can see. I, yeah, it's crazy. That is quite a spectacle. Look at that. That's, that's a quite an image. Dare I say that's a burnt orange moon? <laughs> in front of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Oh, my gosh. First down and 10 at the 35-yard line. Hand off. Left side. Cutting it back up. Sullivan to the 30. From the 25 to the 20. Inside the 20. Down to the 18-yard line. Uh, that young man's had a nice drive. That is a very efficient drive so far for the Vipers. Is most of it coming on the ground. A big third down pickup on that price and that pass from right. Mr. Maker to Eli Adams. But... The rest of this has been on the ground, and the Viper, there's a strange formation happening right now, Amril. It looks like they're in a huddle. Yeah, yeah. The endangered species. 
219 to go. Vipers in command, 34 to 17. This unit trying to tack on a late score here. One receiver to the right, one to the near side. Mestermaker. Hand off Sullivan again. Why not? Bounces on the left side. Breaks a tackle inside the 15, down to the 12, maybe the 13. That's going to be good for a seven yard pickup. And now a flag comes in well after the play. What in the world? See hostilities after the whistle. Great job that time, Gage Garrison. Big push up front. Number 18, again, Bryce Altrudo having a nice outing blocking. That's an unsportsmanlike penalty. That is a dagger right there for Cedar Park, half the distance of the goal. Yeah, that's the one against them for a change. You saw yeah. the player uh, pleading his case with the official who wasn't buying it. First and goal from the six. A nice pickup, and then the penalty half the distance on top of that. Inside of two minutes to go. Rappers in slow down mode. I don't think these guys take a knee. I think they try to punch us in. I think so, too. Must have made her in the shotgun. Handoff. Sullivan, left side, cuts it up at the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Vandegrift. Ah, great block. Jay Scoglin, number 88. He's lined up on the right side there, Merle. is a tight end. He pulls along with the right guard, and he did a great job sealing the linebacker. Walk into the end zone. Ken Sullivan, just a junior. He'll be back next year. He'll, he'll enjoy that experience on this drive. Well, number 88 is a good football player, Merle. He is. Scoglin. So 40 to 17. The Vipers scored their first points in the second half. New kicker in here. This is Charlie Reed, a senior. Good snap and hole kick is up, and he drills that one into the clubhouse as well. So... 142 to go. Vipers get on the board again. 41 to 17. We'll take a break and close this one out. You're listening to Vanica Vipers Football on the Horn. <music> 41 to 17. Vipers in command. 142 to go. Merle and Hank here in the booth. Along with Holden keeping our stats. Cole Dixon down at the back at the Horn Studio. Clock Bollinger down on the sidelines. And my better half, Christina Weber, keeping an eye and an ear on our video broadcast. The kickoff was going to go into the end zone. And Christina just chastised me. She said, well, you tease it like that, and then you don't explain what a super blue moon is. Oh, yes. Well, So please. what it is, of course, the blue moon is we've got a full moon twice in one month. A super blue moon or super moon is when that happens and the moon is close to the Earth. Am I explaining that more or less correctly? I, I believe close, that's closer the, than usual. I, I think. I believe that's bit. the almost word, word for word I read on Wikipedia. So I, didn't, didn't, did you did you supply that article for Wikipedia in your spare time? Merle <laughs> <laughs> Bertan is a man of many talents. I, think I saw it on Space.com. I had to, had to look it up myself. First down and ten at the 25-yard line, and the handoff up the middle. Out across the 30. Might be a new running back in here for the Timberwolves. It is number 28, I believe that is. Michael Edwards, the senior running back, getting a few touches here. Picks up five and plays second and five. See the park going quickly. 122 to go. Evans again, and he's going to be stacked up at the 33. And gang tackling yeah. 101. I see number 20, Scott Buchanan. I see number 15, Riker Scoglin getting involved. And there were there were more. Number 71 is checking into the ball game at the right defensive end. That is 
Diego Segura. Also number 60 at left defensive end. That is Adrian Mecklin. And a handoff. But middle fumble balls out. Vipers and got Vipers it. Vipers get it back. That big hit and the ball popped out. That's number 42 on the recovery, but somebody put a massive wall up. Adam Scott got the fumble, but I'm not sure who that masked man was. But That's the one that hurt up here. I mean, bone-jarring tackle. Big-time play. That'll be a helmet sticker for whoever, whoever the player is with the Ph.D. there, proper hitting disposition. Is that what you, yeah. what you call that? And now the Vipers come in in the favorite formation, the victory formation. They snap it once or twice here and call it a night. 48.5 seconds left. We've got a third quarterback of the night. Andrew Bouillette has drawn the lucky slash unlucky uh, duty of taking the one-yard loss in your stats. And number 30, Logan Weinheimer, a senior receiver checking in. Also another senior wide receiver, number 34, Xavier Camacho. Yeah, we'll take the knee and bring up a third and 12, but that doesn't matter. The Vipers are going to go to 2-0 and on the season. Wasn't easy in the second half, but the clock is going to tick down here, and Vanity is going to get the 41-17 win. Well, the natural order is restored in terms of statistics. That last drive, Merle, you go 11 plays, you go 80 yards, you take off nearly four and a half minutes of, of clock time. And you punch it in on a four-yard touchdown run. And it looks like the well-oiled machine that we saw in the first half on that last drive. So that's Kent Sullivan got the bulk of the carries there. He looks like a very solid option at the running yes. back position. Yeah. So Vipers appear to be blessed. We got three deep on the running back. We got we got three deep at kicker. Right. <laughs> so we, we got all the positions filled. The Vipers look good. 41 to 17. A bit routine, I guess. If you're you know you're up 30. Uh, you're up 30 points at half. 30 was 34 to three. 34 to three, yeah. And you only get one touchdown in the second half. It came out a little bit flat with four consecutive punts. Five possessions in that first half all resulted in touchdowns. Five in the possessions in the second half, four punts, and then you finish things off with a touchdown to put the exclamation point on the victory. So 41 to 17, your final score. Vipers with the win. We're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, we'll hear Coach Sanders with his hallmarks, and uh, then we'll hear from him a little bit later in the post-game show with his remarks on what he saw down there. I'd be curious to see what he uh, what he had to say about the second half. Hank will get the staff put together, and we'll be back to wrap this one up with the post-game show coming up right at this break. You're listening to Brandon Vipers football on the horn. Forty-one to seventeen, the score here. Vipers get the win. As the school songs play down below, the Vipers go to two and zero in the season. Cedar Park evens up at uh, one and one. As uh, Hank fiercely puts together the stats for us here. Um, if you've got it queued up, uh, cool. Let's go here and go, go ahead and hear the hallmarks and uh, hear what Coach Sanders had to say. Hey, Viper fans, Coach Sanders here with what we begin to call the Viper Minute, where we just take just a brief amount of time and talk to you guys about things other than X's and O's, other than football players and things like that. We want to talk to you about like the, the core of our program and what keeps us going each year, year after year. And those for sure, first, are our hallmarks of discipline, effort, toughness, and honor. 
And tonight, I'm going to talk to you about effort. And um, could there be anything more important to a person's success than their level of effort? I mean, if you think about people that are listening, you think about the people you work with, and you think about the people that are really successful, I would be willing to bet the people that are really successful give great effort every single day. They're trying as hard as they can. I would be willing to bet the people that aren't successful, if I really got, got you to admit it, you, you'd probably say, yeah, you know, they don't give much effort on a daily basis. I mean, it just truly starts with giving your very best. And it doesn't mean you're not going to make mistakes. doesn't mean, you know, all kinds of stuff. But if you give great effort, you're probably going to be okay. And so I just felt like that that was, that was important, you know, back 15, 16 years ago when we started doing these hallmarks and teaching young men about it is you give your very best. That's all I need from you. And that will be enough um, for you to achieve whatever you need to achieve in life, of course, on the football field, in the classroom. You know, every single young man that I pull in is failing. You know, 99.9%. It's just they don't turn to homework. They don't give the effort to listen in class. Every once in a while there's a learning issue. We try to get them help, things like that. But I'd be willing to bet 99% it's just that lack of effort. So the tagline is it's all out or get out, basically saying the only acceptable level of effort is perfect effort. Give it every time. Um, and so there's your Viper Minute on effort, and I uh, hope to see you at the game. Forty-one to seventeen, the final score, and uh, the hallmarks have been part of the pun. A hallmark since day one here, Hank, and uh, those, he always starts out with those four and uh, kind of builds from there. And it's well, kind of we see it reflected in the community. We talk about it every year. Well, I never get tired of listening to those, by the way. Right. Um, so you know, I had a couple of my boy, my two, my, my both my boys spent time in the program and. I get to see how it works on a daily basis and the amount of effort that they put in and the discipline. And, and you know, it's it's amazing. So I counted already because, you know, last year I think we had a re- record number of seniors on the squad. Right. And so uh, this year there are 61 seniors wow. on the football team. And so you, you start thinking about what Coach Sanders has done to build this program and the momentum and the all of the daily interactions that he has with these players and the hallmarks and the questions and, it just builds and builds and builds and builds to the point where you get 61 guys, uh, uh, 61 seniors staying with the football team. And, you know, a lot of those guys are not going to play much, right. if at all. So, uh, but they want to be a part of it. Yep. And that's the big important thing. They want to be a part of it. Uh, the community obviously, you know, loves everything that's happening here. Everybody wants to be a Viper. You saw it tonight, uh, all the Pop Warner kids and cheerleaders coming out and, uh, it's just amazing to me that there's 61 seniors on the football team. I, uh, it's a, that's a mind. I mean, that's a program. That's, that's, that's a program. That's who they have in their entire team. Well, I mean, that's exactly right. I, um, I think last year we counted, you know, I usually count the seniors on the other team, and I think the most we got last year, I think uh, the most I've seen in any uh, opposing team was uh, was Houston Katie, and they had 40, right. mid-40s. So something's going on. <laughs> here at uh, Vandergriff High School in terms of uh, the program and the allure of the program for these young players because, you know, to have that many seniors and that many guys invest on on a daily basis, it's really quite astounding. Yeah. And then you see the net effect on the field and the way that these guys play. You know, it's a, it's a fact that every team and every sports team at every level, the team takes on the personality of the coach. Right. And you see the way they play. You see the discipline. You see the effort, the effort and the toughness. Uh, 
these, the Vipers are never out of any game. They play four quarters. You know, a little bit lackluster again in the second half tonight, but they punctuated it very nicely there with that last drive, going 11 plays, 80 yards, uh, almost exclusively on uh, on the ground. But uh, the key play in that drive was a third and seven, and Drew Messamaker threw a, a bullet on an inside dig route uh, for the first down to uh, Eli Adams. So other than that, all on the ground. Vipers offense line looks stout again. Vipers defense. You know, they we give up 17 points, uh, but, you know, what about the first half performance again, Merle, uh, holding Cedar Park to three points and, and virtually no first downs. Right. It's another impressive performance from both sides of the ball. A little bit of a sputter coming out in the second half again. I think that's something that Coach Sanders is going to want to address as they go into their last non-district game and getting ready for that district slate. So that'll be next week up at uh, University of Mary Harden Baylor up in Belton against uh, Waco Midway. 41-17 to your final score. We're going to take an extended break, and uh, we'll get the stats put together, and hopefully we'll get that chance to hear from Coach Sanders again. He had a chance to talk to Brock just a few moments ago. Uh, so we'll hear that and be back to close out the postgame show. Vipers with the win tonight to go 2-0 in the season, 41-17. to Back for more of the postgame in just a minute here on The Horn. here along with Hank Hudson. And uh, Hank, you've got the uh, numbers tabulated here, and let's uh, let's hear what you got. Well, it's not as uh, big an offensive output uh, in the second half uh, for the second week running, but uh, here's the final num- numbers, Merle. It uh, looks like Zade Oliver had nine carries for 51 yards, most of those coming in the first half. Uh, also, he scored a touchdown on about a four-yard touchdown run in that first half. Uh, Ken Sullivan got the bulk of the carries in the second half. Well, eight carries for 64 yards. Looked really, really solid as another option uh, at running back. Great ball security, great movement upfield. Uh, really solid job by the offensive line. The Hogs dominated again. We saw a, we saw some a little bit more rotation from that offensive unit. Right. Um, Deuce Adams finished. I've got him for 27 attempts, 17 completions. 295, call it 300 yards passing, the bulk of that coming in the first half. Four touchdown passes, two to his brother Eli, one to Miles Coleman, and then, nope, two to Miles Coleman and two to his brother Eli. Very uh, equal distribution there. Uh, (laughs) Eli had, I guess, three catches on the day. No, he only had two catches, but both of them were touchdowns. Maybe my favorite one of the day was that uh, fade pattern over in the corner. Uh, I think it was his second or third touchdown pass where he had, wasn't even out of his break, hadn't even looked back until the ball was practically there. Right, Beautifully right. thrown ball by his brother. Looks like they've been doing that in the backyard for a few years. And probably have. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drew Messamaker had a nice game. He came in and was two for four passing. Uh, also had about a 20-yard run on the water moccasin play. It was the double pass play, but he ended up keeping it for about a 20-yard run. and. Uh, it was about a 15-yard run and about a five-yard bulldozer routine as he wrote as he ran over a Cedar Park defensive back. Uh, so uh, he got involved in the game, had a lot of fun. Uh, offensive line dominant all game long. You know, cavernous holes for those running backs to run into. Uh, Eli had a all day. Excuse me, Deuce had all day to throw. So did so did Messamaker when he was back there. My special teams player of the game, uh, I think for me, is number 22. He was all over the field today, running around like a crazy man. That's number 22, Aiden Jones. I'd like to see 
those special teams players keeping it special. Uh, kicking game, solid but not perfect. Another miscue on an extra point. Right. That's the second consecutive week. And then the penalties in the second half, Merle. That's five, the thing, yeah. The second uh, week in a row, that's five penalties in the second half, uh, including one unsportsmanlike. So that tells me, and I don't know what you think, Merle, a little bit of a lack of focus in the second half when you come out, especially after dominating the first half last week again this week. You know, these are 17- and 18-year-old young men. Right. When you're in that kind of position, it can be difficult to maintain your focus. And I think the penalties are indicative of that in the second half. Uh, again, five penalties in that second half, kind of derailing uh, a couple of those drives. But Vipers did finish it strong this week, an 11-play, 80-yard drive uh, to close the game out with an exclamation point. But that first half was a thing of beauty offensively. Five possessions, five touchdowns, yeah. uh, four of them coming through the air, and then a run by Zeta Oliver. Uh, the, second, the second touchdown, was uh, that, that was a one-play drive, a 64-yard pass to the, to the very speedy and fleet-footed Miles Coleman when he was five yards beyond any defender and <laughs> deuce threw it about, I don't know, 55 yards in the air, I think. Right, right. And just a dominant performance, a little flat in the second half, but the Vipers are really looking good. you got a big O-line. you got a defensive dominant front. You're winning the line of scrimmage on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, that I completely agree. Well, let's get uh, coaches' thoughts on what happened in the ball game, and especially in the second half. It's a few uh, moments ago, Brock Bollinger happened to catch up with head coach uh, Drew Sanders. So let's see what Coach Sanders had to say about the Vipers' second win of the season. Nice win tonight, Coach. How does it feel to get a uh, rivalry win in such a dominant fashion? Yeah, I've taken many a butt whooping by the Cedar Park Timberwolves, and so every time we beat them, it feels just as good. So it's great. They're a great program. They, they're back to on the up. They're on the upswing. They really are. And so um, we're proud that we played so well early. I mean, you can just see so much execution, game plan, and spirit uh, in the first half. So, so pleased with that. Second half, um, I really didn't like, obviously, the penalty stuff. But we'll go back and look and see if, you know, what what was the call? Could, did we mess up on that? And the last thing I liked is, even though we struggled a little bit, we did finish with a touchdown. And that's something we didn't do the, the week before. So it was nice to see a little bit of improvement in the second half. And we'll keep getting better. Are you 2-0 so far? Is there anything you'd like to clean up? Well, I think this, the penalties. I got, But once again, on penalties, you got to figure out if you really deserve them or not. So you got to, we'll go back and watch the tape. Um, and then just mentality, we've got to do a good job. If we have a 30-point lead, which is, you know, it's kind of a great problem to have, how do you keep that edge about you, you know, as we go on? And that, that will make us a championship team. All right, one last question for you. Uh, can you talk about what it means to honor one of your former players, Graylin Spring? Oh, man, how long do I have? Um, I could talk all day about Graylin and the person he is and how he inspired me when he was here on earth. He actually inspired me to be a better player and uh, was one of my favorite players I'd ever had in the entire time I'd been here. And to lose him at such a young age is, is so devastating for, for me, our community, and, and, of course, his family, too. And, and so we miss him. Um, but the, the live like gray thing is actually a true thing that I actually think about daily, and that might surprise some people listening, but I actually think about him daily. And I think about how... Um, he always brought energy. He always was positive about his faith and wouldn't mind sharing that with people. And he was literally the best friend to like 50 people. And so it just reminds me, sometimes I get like so busy in my job. I'm like, I've got to get ready for this game plan or I've got to go do this. And just the memory of him reminds me to slow down a little bit 
and take a second and talk to a player that might need some counseling. If an old player comes in, like, stop. I know I've got stuff to do, but, like, sit down and listen to him and, le- and talk to him. And so that's what, that's what I've learned about him. And I hope people that didn't get to know him can hear this, and maybe it will remind them. All right. Thank you so much, Coach. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah. So there you go. Coach Sanders' thoughts uh, on Grayland Springs. Just kind of echoing what he said in the, in the pregame show. And uh, I'm sure he's been saying it all week long. We'll probably say it until he's uh, blue in the face anytime he's asked about it. Nice job, Brock. And I thought it was interesting, you know, what he said about the penalties. He's going to look at them. And, you know, what was it Ronald Reagan used to say? Trust but verify. Okay, yeah, they got flagged for it. But I, I got the impression he didn't think that some of those uh, should have been called. He touched, about, touched on all the stuff that we talked about in the postgame about, you know, didn't perform as well in the second half as they did in the first half, obviously, but got the late score, hopefully something to build off. So I thought it was interesting. So, I mean, you were down there with them, Brock. What was it like in the second half? Were they getting frustrated or were they just sort of, I mean, what was the, what was the attitude like? I honestly just think they took their, their foot off the gas. Um, in Cedar Park, I mean, they had a little bit more fight in them than I, I think um, Vandergriff thought they did. Um, right. Both figuratively and literally down on the field, it was getting a little bit scrappy. Um, right. But it was – I think the quarterback switch had a little bit to do with it, too. He was um, – starter was on fire. Right. And whether he was pulled – I don't know if it was from injury. Because he took – I don't know if y'all saw that hit. Down yeah. There. He, took a, he took a hard hit. So, I don't know if they pulled him for injury or just to rest him, you know, the second half. But I think that had a little bit to do with it as well. Well, they're, they're going to want to get Drew Mester maker some wraps because he was heading into the season. He thought he was going to be the starting quarterback. So I think uh, I think they want to have him ready to go because it's a long season. And when you got a guy, Hank, like Deuce Adams, that runs around like he does, he's going to take a shot or two. So you want somebody like a Mester maker who's been with this program forever. You want to make sure that he's sharp and ready to go. And I think he, that first drive that he came in, started off well, got a penalty, put him behind the chains, and they really struggled. Second drive came in got the ball and moved it down the field. So you kind of got, got, got an impression of what he could do both in terms of throwing the football and leadership ability. I think you hit the nail right on the head with those comments, Merle. Uh, the guy is obviously a gamer. You know, and if you need any evidence, the, the, the uh, water moccasin play, which is intended to be a double pass, right. and, you know, he's got to want to turn it loose and throw the football. Right. He saw a running lane, ran down there, and ran over a guy. So uh, the guy is a football player, and having a guy like that ready to go – uh, I think he looked great in, in terms of his performance. Didn't get a lot of chances to throw the ball, but when he needed to make a completion, he threw a dime, a laser beam to Eli Adams on third and seven to pick up a first down on that last drive, and that, that was a big play. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that, that first drive he was in, I mean, that, that was a total meltdown. I mean, you know, we ended up getting two penalties on that drive. You know, and I, I think I'm agreeing with Coach Sanders in terms of, of a couple of those penalties, right. specifically one on that botched fake field goal where we got Sebastian Kvetten. You know, he's a defensive back, and he knocked a guy down who's bigger than him. And uh, it was a clean hit, yeah. but it was away from the play. And, you know, I think that there's an, an, an intent to try and clean up some of that stuff, you know, from the referees. But, I mean, I'm not sure how you call a penalty on what was a clean play. And the whistle had not blown. I was looking right at it. I yeah. don't think that's a penalty. But hey, you got flagged. You got to you got to stand tall on the carpet and and face the piper. Uh, but I like what Coach Sanders said as well about finishing the game off the right way with the touchdown. Uh, that drive was awesome. Offensive line just totally dominated again. 
Uh, we look really, really good up front on both sides of the ball. There's just not a lot of places to run into um, against you know two pretty good running football teams two weeks in a row. And then the offensive line is just giving the quarterbacks all day to throw. So yeah. the Vipers are looking good. Some things to clean up, but what a what a stellar performance across the board from these Vipers. Well, I thought it was funny. Coach said he, you know, he's got awful sick of uh, have, having his head handed to him by Cedar Park, and it was in those early days. I think the first game was like 56 to three or something like that uh, as the Vipers started the program. But this was tonight the 14th overall meeting between the two teams. Uh, I think Vanderbilt has now won at least three, if not four, in a row. That's three in a row. Three in a row. They lost that COVID year, 21-17. Yeah. That's right. Or yeah. 21-7. Yeah. So, but uh, the series is now. Cedar Park still leads the series, but it's eight to six. Vipers are closing the gap. So, one of our challenges now, before they play again next year, we were talking about before we went on there. We got to come up with a name for this. We game. have got to come up with a name. We've got a year to come up with a yeah. name for this rivalry. Anybody so. still listening? Yeah. Please submit your ideas. You can e- email me with it at voiceofthevipers at gmail.com. Well, the Mary Har- uh, next week, Wicca Midway coming up, the final non-district tune-up. And uh, we'll talk about it more next week, but I think it's interesting. We thought it was just kind of cool to go up there the past couple of years because Coach Sanders' son played there, and I think that was part of it. But he pointed out something really interesting last year about that was designed as a business trip to get them used to playing in a fancy stadium, taking the bus trip, getting them ready for the playoffs, even third weekend of the season. I thought that was really interesting. I absolutely agree with that. I was so fascinated last year when he made those comments in his pregame interview with you. Uh, it's a dress rehearsal, if you will. Yeah. Uh, he wants them get, to get used to the shiny objects that any time you, you, know, you get a bunch of 17- and 18-year-olds uh, you know, going anywhere, especially you know, uh, tie football player uh, mentality guys, they, you know, they, their heads are turning. They're looking at the, the, the shiny objects. You get on the charter bus. That's different right. than the normal setup. Uh, and get them to go on a road trip. They have to stay in a hotel. Uh, that's another thing that's a bit of a dress rehearsal because that, that changes your routine off right. of the normal weekly when you're just going, uh, you sleep in your own bed, you go to the football game, go to school that day. So it's a change in the routine uh, and an early dress rehearsal for the Vipers to go up, play up in a, in a really beautiful, beautiful facility against a quality, you know, this is a legendary program this day, make Waco Midway. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that trip again this year, and let's go Vipers. Brock, final thoughts? I'm excited for next week. I really am. I mean, I, I want to see if they can put together a third dominant performance. Right. It's hard to do. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, we'll find out in about a week. Hank, any final thoughts here before we let you go? It's going to be a lot of fun this season, Merle, I can tell you that. I yeah. mean, what an electric offensive uh, unit we've got. You know, a nice compliment to Miles Coleman. At least two or three speeding tickets tonight he's going to get from the Cedar Park <laughs> police. Uh, but then you've got uh, Eli Adams, who looks like he's, you know, uh, they have uh, ESPN or something going on. There's like a mental telepathy deal with those guys. They communicate uh, non-verbally. That fade pattern to the corner of the end zone was an absolute thing of beauty. I mean, he, he, when he turned around for the football, the ball there was, was there it was. Uh, absolutely drawn up to perfection. And I think they've been, they've been playing catch for a lot of years. Yep. So I'm excited for next week. Go Vipers. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Cedar Park drops to 101 of the season, and they've got an interesting game coming up uh, next week against Round Rock. That's, that'll be another game that we keep an eye on. See, we start to, to do that thing and start to compare and see how the teams are doing in the non-district competition and that kind of thing. So that'll be an interesting matchup uh, next week, uh, Cedar Park against Round Rock. And the Vipers, of course, improving to 2-0 on the season, getting ready to take on Waco Midway. So 
That's going to do it for us tonight. And as we've been talking about, we'll be back with you next Friday night from beautiful Crusader Stadium on the campus of the University of Mary Hardin-Baylor for the Vipers' final non-district game of the season versus Waco Midway. So, for my broadcast partner, Mr. Hank Hudson, Scott Schaffner, if you're out there, hope to see you soon here this season. And uh, Holden Hudson on staff, Buck Wollinger, our producer and sideline reporter, Cole Dixon back at the studio, and Christina Weber-Bertrand, my better half on the right side. My name is Merle Bertrand, signing out from Monroe Memorial Stadium where the Vatican Pipers have defeated the Cedar Park Timberwolves by a final score of 41-17. to Have a safe and relaxing Labor Day weekend, and we'll see you next week for more Viper football. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to Vandergrift High School Football, brought to you by CW Print Services, Texas Malibu, Chicken Express, Independence Title, Texas Family Physicians, Ideal Signs, Card My Yard, Rudy's, Tomlin Family Orthodontics, Advantage Austin Real Estate, Tommy's Car Wash, Austin Regional Clinic, Appliances Now, Harway Appliances, Texas Pools and Patios, and Gina Ron. CW Print Services delivers creative marketing solutions to showcase your brand, allowing your business to grow. With years of experience in print and marketing, CW Print Services uses the latest design and production techniques to bring your ideas to life. With CW Print Services customizable templates, your employees can order their own business cards and more without you worrying about brand consistency. CW Print Services' goal is always to exceed their customers' expectations. Online at CWPrintInc.com. That's CWPrintInc.com. Texas Pools and Patios is not just another pool builder. With over 45 years of experience, we've become one of the largest family-owned and operated in-ground pool builders in Texas. Specializing in award-winning custom pool design, construction, and renovation, our team of experts can create the backyard oasis you've always wanted. We offer free consultations, and the best part, with excavation spots available now, we can get started on the pool of your dreams right away. Contact Texas Pools and Patios, 512-402-1175, or visit us online at texaspoolsandpatios.com. Your perfect pool is just a phone call away. Texas' best Hyundai dealership just got better. It's the ultimate grand reopening of Round Rock Hyundai. Happening now. A complete remodel inside and out. Exclusive customer lounge. Special Hyundai factory program vehicles like a new Santa Fe and Incentive. All backed by America's best warranty. 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Plus owner assurance. Based on total package of warranty programs. Terms and conditions available. See dealer for details. See dealer for limited warranty details. See you at Round Rock Hyundai. 2405 North I-35. And roundrockhyundai.com. I was invited to a party, and I drank a few glasses of wine. I take off. The next thing you know, I see two pairs of lights behind me. They arrest me. Now I have an ignition interlock system in my car, and I have to blow in it every day just to turn my car on. It's embarrassing, but my son sees it. I hear him in the back seat. Daddy, what are you blowing in? My name is Eric Guerra. I had just a few glasses of wine eight months out, and I'm still dealing with the consequences of it. Sponsored by TechStock. Family time, anytime, always worth every time. On our way, chicken eat, unbelievable, sweet tea.